Hey guys, brand new podcast, and I have the giggles in today's ad reads. I I, I couldn't stop laughing throughout the ad reads. So I I'm, I don't know. I'm, I know it's a beautiful day outside. Um, let's get to the podcast. What do I have to promote? Go Big Show on TBS <laughs> every night. Every on TBS Thursdays nine eight Central. What was making me giggle in the reads, Halston? What were the reads we did that I was laughing hard? No, one of the sponsors, one eight hundred contacts. The idea that they would have a phone number as their dot com just made me laugh so hard. Like you, like it's such a, it's such a, a like it, it's a it qualifies how long they've been in business. Is that the name of their business is back when everyone used phones more than the internet? And they're like the day, I ju- and I apologize to one eight hundred contacts if you find this dismissive. Or, but I just thought it was so funny when that you'd have a a phone number as the name of your business, and that's and you're like this is a fucking. And then they're like, well, people are starting to go online, and they're like, well, fucking do the same. And they're like, you can't use numbers as a website. <laughs> I I couldn't stop giggling at that. What was the, and and the idea that that their their award service. Oh, the other one is in self help. Better uh, better help. Better help sponsor <laughs> the line that got me. And you got to listen to these reads because they're genuinely, I giggle, is um, send as many <laughs> messages as you want to your therapist. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought there's got to be one therapist going, no, 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 no. Let's keep it at 10. Like, that's not as many as you want. But that's the beauty about these. I'm giggled throughout today's podcast. And then there's one where I was reading I was emphasizing the wrong words in the wrong places. Oh, fuck. I'm a shit show. Listen, at least I know I should, I'm a shit show. Okay? I am a shit show. Today's podcast is a great podcast. Uh, go Big Show. Every Thursday night, tonight. It's airing right now from 9 at, at 9, <laughs> 8 Central. Let's just get to the podcast. Today's podcast is a good one. It's with my buddy Nick Thune. We, uh, he's on set about to shoot a movie, so uh, you will hear him rent a car in the middle of this. Um, he's in Seattle. He's a great guy. He really is a great guy. By the way, I've been looking at this screen, not that screen. My bad. Um, oh, wait. This one's the one we do. I don't know. Fuck it. He. We talk about uh, getting outdoors and doing stuff. Nick is really living an amazing life. He really is. Just to be, so we're clear, because I don't know how much you may or may not know, Nick uh, had a rough run with alcoholism and... Uh, and we talked about it on that on our last podcast. If you want to listen to that last podcast, I'm sure you can find it. But it, it, it's a very intense story and an intense experience that he he went through. And man, that guy came out on the other side fucking swinging. He is living a great life. Like every time I look at his Instagram, he is very calm. He's very grounded. He is outdoors. He's with his son. And he is in some sort of body of water. And we talk about that. He's an inspiration. If you're having a problem with booze, and you don't think that there's beauty on the other side of life, man, look at Nick Thune. That guy is a fucking true inspiration. And let's be real. Oh, he's got a new movie out. He's got a new movie called The Right One on Apple and Amazon. But he's an amazing comic, an amazing actor, and a good friend. Um, Like I said, he's up in Vancouver shooting a movie right now, and that's the conversation we had in his new house. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's podcast guest of the Burtcast, my buddy, American hero, legend. Follow him on Instagram. He's got a great Instagram, Nick Thune. This is 
I was just sitting here in front of my computer watching my own Instagram feed and I'm two minutes late to this. I was literally, I've been here for six minutes and I got lost in my own fucking Instagram feed. How far back did you go? Oh, dude, I'm having an Instagram day. I'll tell you. Feeling nostalgic already? <laughs> no, you know what? Like I, I had, uh, I had like the most brilliant, hilarious thing happen to me today. And I, it was, it was like, you ever, have you ever, like when you do your driving videos and you're like, do you, do you ever do one that's so funny where you go, or do you ever, have you ever created a video like, mm-hmm. uh, like your Lincoln Navigator video? Was that like, remember like, yeah. when, but have you ever created a video where you are shaking so excited to get it out where you're like, this is, I really got something hilarious right here. Yeah. And like, I just, I just, I, I'm, and I had one of those mornings. Yeah. Well, I know that feeling. And uh, you know, like a, a lot of the time you have, you like, you have it on your phone and you're like, all right, I've got to, ex- I've got to now transfer this to my computer, get it into iMovie. I yeah. need to find a screenshot for Instagram to use as like the main pick. I got to go through what's, what's the comment, you know, all of these things, but it's like, just get, I made a pizza and I want to fucking serve it. <laughs> you know, I want people to eat this pizza right now. I mean, I, I was like, I was shaking. When I realized the comedy I stepped into, yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it I made, hear it. this made me laugh so fucking hard. I wish I could do this as a bit, but I don't think it's funny enough. But it's good enough for Instagram. So, mm-hmm. probably four weeks ago, Segura texted me and he was like, "Hey man, I found these uh, like hilarious tracksuits. We should buy them." And so we both I saw this this I video saw the tracksuit. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, so so we buy these tracksuits. And then, and then and then he wears one of the podcasts and I forget to wear it and I've ruined the tracksuit gag right so I feel, mm-hmm. feel horrible and I haven't gotten to wear my tracksuit yet so I wake up at six thirty this morning to go get my blood pressure medicine and I go I'm gonna go get my tracksuit on I, I'm gonna like I need I want I've been wanting to wear it I love driving in the morning I t- I, I want to talk to you about sobriety because I've been loving being sober at times oh you've been sober yeah Just but, time time yeah. I wish you didn't yeah. have to do them all in a row and so so. uh so I drive. Uh-huh. So now here's the other side story. So me and Segura did a two bears set one sap where we, we said, let's get, let's do a live, we'll live stream the Super Bowl and let's get $10,000 in cash and we'll spread it all over. We'll have stacks of it are on front of us and we'll gamble with $10,000. So I tell my business manager, Hey, grant me $10,000 in cash. He's like, what's going on? I go, just trust me. We get $10,000 in cash, Nick. It is so unimpressive. It is this thick. It is like, yeah. most, it's all in hundreds. And we're like, fuck so then that's not even that many hundreds it's not it's it's so unimpressive so i have ten thousand dollars in cash and scores like all right fuck it let's just get two hundred fifty thousand dollars in fake money so we do the show with two hundred fifty thousand dollars and that cost you ten grand it costs us two hundred (laughs) dollars oh so Uh so as a gag i'm hammered at the end of this show that we do it with as a gag i have my ten grand still I grab the exact same amount in fake cash and I give it to my, I'm trying, I'm going to play a gag on my wife, right? I give mm-hmm. it to my wife and then I go, I go, I bet Tom, I double, you know, it's a gag. She finds out the gag and she's like, all right, fuck face. We're not mixing these two up. So she takes them. Now I see it. I see the 10 grand on her desk. Now this morning I get up to get my blood pressure medicine. I have my ridiculous tracksuit on and I don't, I, I left my wallet at my sister's. So I grab the 10 grand that's fake 
not knowing it's the fake 10 grand. I think it's the real 10 grand. I then go, no wallet. I then go to the drug to the Rite Aid and I pull out. I go, do you have change for a hundred? And she was like, yeah. And as I put it down, the woman, the woman just really quick goes, that's not real. And I went, what? She goes, that's not real. And as as she's saying, I feel my fingers. I go, oh shit. I grabbed the fake a thousand, ten thousand dollars. Sure, you I, did, sir. I, my wife, of course, my wife took ten thousand dollars and hid it from me. Why would she leave it out? Why would she <laughs> mm-hmm. leave it on her desk? But I'm, I'm such an idiot, and so I'm like, oh my god! And I, I'm dressed ridiculous, and I got a stack of fake bills, and she has just caught me, and I, I can't stop laughing. And then immediately, as a comic, your brain starts, you know, you write the bit a little more. You're like, mm-hmm. and and then you, and then I'm like, I want to put this on Instagram because I'm like, this is too, it's never going to work as a bit because if you write the bit. The bit is I was splashing all around town and I'm fucking yeah. like a gangster. <clears throat> so I, 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 I put it a little bit out there that like, you know, I bought my, I did buy my daughter's breakfast, but it was after I learned it was counterfeit money. I, I also bought a breakfast, but I was like, I was so bubbling with excitement about this. Was there any, was there ever a moment where you were maybe going to get arrested? No, no, not even remotely. I mean, not even like, you know, it's, it's the thing about comedy is like, in my, my in my perspective, it's always better when you, it's real. So had I mm-hmm. spent it all around town, then it's a bit right. But the mm-hmm. fact that I literally I just I was only going to get blood pressure medicine and a, and a and a monster energy drink for my daughter to wake up to read. So I pulled it out and literally she caught it so quick, Nick. You never seen the people hold it up to the air and you're like, what are you oh, fucking yeah. counterfeit expert? This woman, as I pulled it, she goes, that's not real immediately i have women do that with condoms (laughs) they like (laughs) they go no no this isn't real (laughs) oh i i felt that way when i saw the trailer to your movie holy shit dude that looks fucking awesome yeah it was an intense it was a fun movie dude you got you got to play the greatest role ever yeah that is that is the greatest role that's the greatest fucking role it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was perfect too. Cause I don't really do characters, you know, like that's not my thing. Yeah. Um, but that made it, you know, I was telling somebody like, I basically just tried so hard to fail every day that every time I felt like I failed, they were like, yep. Really? <laughs> like, All right. So that, that's how hard I have to go to where I'm insecure about what I've done because it's too much. And then it works. Okay. And so wait, what movie is, is this your like fifth movie? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, I've done. Like lead, lead, because you were the lead in the one with the the boxes. Yeah, Dave made a maze. Yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave made a maze. You've been I've done so many indie films, though. It's like you know, oh, really. That one's not. This one's not indie. It's not but, indie. Uh, it's it's dude. It look. It looks so. I haven't seen the. I I tried to get a a, a whole thing for it, and it, I guess it was. I was having a hard time getting it through hmm. my my cousin Andrew. But I'm, I, I but actually I'm, but I'm telling you. That. I got a text from, you know, Ju- someone texted me and they're like, hey, Nick Thune wants to be on the podcast. And I literally wrote back, I just saw the trailer for his movie. It looks fucking amazing. And they're like, oh, that's what he's promoting. And I was like, fucking bring him on. I mean, it, I was so in excited. My 12th appearance. Dude, <laughs> my 12th I, appearance on the Burt Kreischer show. I could talk to you for hours. You're like the, you're one of my favorite Instagram follows in the world. You make me want Dude, to be I, a, divorce, a divorce dad so bad. I mean, last night, it's so funny how many of your fans are so loyal because... Like last night I was like, I'm just going to give people advice on Instagram for an hour. So I like went on live and just everybody was like, do Bert's show again. And I was like, I am. So 
tomorrow. Well, you know what it is, Nick, is that you. It's, it's what I loved about when you told that story, when you did storytelling it, it, for Ari's thing. It's what I love mm-hmm. about you. You're very authentic. You're very real. And and I think. I hope this comes out as a compliment. You're very marketable as well. Like you're, you're a good looking man. You're tall. You've got your shit together. You're extremely funny and, and talented, but you are so authentically real that I think people, I think people tether to that super quick. I mean, when we talked about you quitting drinking, I've thought about that. I've thought about that story. I've thought about that story independently so many fucking times. Like just mm-hmm. thinking about you uh, going off into the canyon by yourself and being like, that's it. I'm done. And and then seeing you succeed and excel where you are today, I'm like, I keep going like, so I need him to tell me the trick because I do chunks of sobriety, but then I'm I always I'm not I just go I just go ah like last night I had a great fucking day worked out twice did two podcasts I did three podcasts took a general meeting I was mm-hmm. I was like fucking killing it and then the sun starts setting and it's a witching hour and I'm like fuck here we go. I know the witching hour that the witching hour too. That's where you go on. The, I mean, cause you're always like, let's go on a walk around the neighborhood. You know, with, when I see your videos with like, just like, it's like you're strolling down the middle of the street with some gang, but it's just you and your daughters. Yeah. And it's like, you know, <laughs> those are the things that I'm like, okay, that's how I'll get through this. I'll just take my son on a walk. You've done that amazingly. Like the relationship yeah. you and your son have is I'm telling you from a dad who's kind of fucking it up. Super admirable. <laughs> I mean, I love, that's what this, uh, this, you know, cause I mean, how, how many days of the year have you ever calculated that you're on the road? How oh, many days? bro, I'm leaving for, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a lot. I, I, I'm taking a look at this year mm-hmm. and starting in April, I'm gone. I'm gone for the rest of the year. Yeah. Hey, Le- hey Leanne, Leanne, how many days when I'm on the road, Leanne just walked by Leanne, how many days? Oh, come here. It's Nick. We just, oh, come here. Leanne saw the trailer too of your new movie and was mm-hmm. literally like through the fucking roof. What's the matter? What's the matter? Okay. I was, it's, Hi. Hey, how are you? Just saw, good, we just saw you? the trailer to your new I'm movie. Girl. Oh my God. We were both bubbling, man. It, good job hiding that 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, uh-huh. wife's got to do what a wife's got to do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> um, how many days do you think I'm on the road when I'm normally when I'm out without a pandemic? Uh, five days a week, uh, three weeks a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Everything. But so I always insisted that he have one week a month off. If I mm-hmm. had not insisted on that, it would not have happened. Yeah, the way that he puts his schedule together. That's yeah. right. So I was like, yeah. one week in a month. So. Well, but is it better now that he's not doing comedy clubs? Because that way it's like, you know, he's not in one city for that many days. So you can kind of flip back, right? No, he doesn't. No, no. Now I just live on the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just go out on the bus and I'm gone. No, we see him nice. less. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. But, um, yeah. Well, it's probably better for you guys. It's an interesting- <laughs> Some days. Some days it actually is. <laughs> he's an interesting way to parent, for sure. It's uh, uh-huh. when the pandemic happened, I had to start including him in things that I'd never thought to that mattered because mm-hmm. I'm so used to running the show that all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, I'm like making decisions and, and taking action on stuff. And he's like, hold on, hold, wait, hold on. I didn't have any input in this and I'm just not <laughs> used to having, I mean, like for me to get input would be, you know, 
I could write a note, send it on a pigeon. And four days later, I might get back from him, you know, because he's so busy. So I just got. And I think that's so cool that you guys still use carrier pigeons. I know it's like that thing also probably a little bit of a relief, like, oh, I don't have to drive to all of these places. I can drive to half of them if I want to, or I could have somebody fun to do it with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a fun husband. Sometimes. All right. She's, I get, I can tell she's got a fucking hair up her ass. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> nice to see you. And the movie looks great. I can't wait to see you. You too. Thank you. So what can you tell me about the movie? I want to go to, I want to talk about parenting real quick. What can you tell me about the movie? Because I, I'm curious mm -hmm. about your character. Well, it's, you know, the movie is, it's, it's, it's supposed to be like a rom-com, but it's actually like a, it's, it's just kind of a dark kind of like a guy that, went through a traumatic experience when he was younger, um, living in a foster home and has just never shook it, you know, and, and has never really found himself or like ever really connected. So he's become this guy that like, which is something, this was a, kind of what I used to do when I was in Seattle before I moved to LA. It's like one night I'm a po at a poetry open mic. The next night I'm, you know, here and I'm, I'm not doing any of them seriously. I'm doing all of them as a bit, but nobody else is in on it with me. And I'm just like, this new identity, you know, cause I was like wearing costumes to poetry nights and being like a weirdo that nobody knew. And that's kind of what this guy does until this woman kind of comes in and makes him face his trauma, which, Ooh. you know, I, I, I don't really, I, I mean, I don't have like any major traumas from my childhood except for getting beat with one of those skippets. Uh, remember that? Skip it. It's like you, you put a, it's like a plastic thing with a ball at the end and there's a loop and you put the loop on one foot and you like, Oh, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> skipping it. Skip it. <laughs> yeah. Not a fun experience for me, but um, yeah. So I, it's, it, it was interesting to, to, to think about that. And you know, it's, it's the thing about this movie. If you see the preview, I play so many characters. So yeah. it every day was like, you know, I'm dressed in drag and performing somewhere and, Every day was just, you know, it was like a, let's just take this one day at a time because if I try and think about tomorrow, then I'm fucked. Do you miss, do you miss that? Do you miss the, uh, almost anonymity of being able to be weird as fuck when you were younger? Cause I know for a fact I could do things and take chances and have fun and, and dress and drag. We do it in college and it would be fun and you'd feel wild. Now, if I do it, it is a statement or you're like, oh, here, here goes Birdie's trying to be like Andy. Call, you know, it's like all of a yeah. sudden there's a lot of labels that get thrown on you, and you're like, hey, man, I was weird. I was authentically weird before I got into this. Yeah, and and you feel like it's like you trying to put on a show. I when I was wearing drag on it, I had to. We had to go between locations, and my I had this driver the whole movie named Curtis. May he rest in peace. He passed away after the movie, which I got a call from the Teamsters. Like they were like, Curtis loved you, man. He'd want you to know. It's like, holy oh, shit. But he was a stud. I love Curtis. And um, I was like, hey, stop at Starbucks. And he's like, all right, I'll go in for you. Because I'm dressed as a woman, you know, but I have a beard. And and I'm like, no, 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 I'll go in. And he's like, okay. So he just stays in the car and he's out on the street. There's a big patio. I walk in. First of all, free coffee. Compliments <laughs> on my nails, everything. Yeah. They just loved it. And as they're making the coffee, I poke my head out and Curtis is just kind of standing by the car. And there's, you know, all these people. It's a nice sunny day. And I go, I'll be right out, daddy. And he's just standing <laughs> by the car. And it was this moment of, 
Oh, oh, so perfect. And I'm like, this is why I, wa- I, I want to be able to do this, you know, on a daily basis because it's just too fun. It's too yeah. fun. To, I have too much fun in the world, which has been part of the, the hard part of um, all my friends call it Nick in the world because I'm constantly just like on the, you know, taking just like saying yes to stuff. And like, next thing you know, I'm like in the back room of a CVS and they're like, you want to help me carry a box out? You know, like helping, you know, whatever. But that's what I miss. That's what I miss the most. Yeah. And stand up. Oh my God. When was the last time you got on stage? Are you, have you done any of the parking lot shows? No, but I did go to DC and play like a movie theater that was really spread out in October. And um, I've done a couple zoom things, you know, that's whatever. It felt good to do the, the, the DC show, but I just, you know, with when you're dealing with an ex and you're dealing with like travel and all that stuff, it's like, you know, you got to get tested and then you, she wants you to quarantine for a certain amount of days. And you're like, well, I don't want to be away from my son for, you know, 10, five days on either side of me going on the road for one show. It just doesn't, you know, yeah, I never, I never thought about that. I've, I, we did the, when, when I'd come back on the road, we, it was a cheat code really. Like we would get a, a beach house or a lake house somewhere. And then we mm-hmm. would all just stay there for four days and party and not be around anyone. And then we'd come mm-hmm. home. Um, nice. But I, I can't imagine. And I, and I'm, I can only imagine that like there isn't, I, I, I'm not saying that it's contentious, but there is a weird kind of like, Hey, you, you, you can't just jump in and hopscotch back into the world. You were out on the road. I don't know what you were doing. And I can, I'm Joe Coy. Do you hear what Joe Coy did? Uh, uh-uh. Joe Coy's like, I'm the pandemic kicked. I'm going to my house in Vegas. And he tells his son, you want to go? And he was like, well, yeah. What about mom? And he was like, she can come. And he's like, what about her boyfriend? He's like, fuck him. <laughs> he's like, his, and his wife, his ex-wife's like, Hey man, I want to be with my son. Good luck. I went with oh, Joe, wow. and they, and they all hung out. They all hung out. I just thought it was so funny. That's amazing. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a two week quarantine right now in Vancouver. I'm on, this is my 14th day actually. Really? You doing here, I'm up here sh- shooting a movie. So I've got to, they make you do 14 days, which has been shit. What movie are you shooting? You can't talk about it. I'm sure. No, it's this Netflix movie. It's called mixtape. It's like a coming of age thing. Like your daughters are going to fucking love it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's it's been interesting what movies we connect on. Like uh we just watched The Wilds. It's uh mm-hmm. it's like a teen girls trapped on an island and it's it's weird. It's weird being the dad because you get into it. You get into it any any it's, it's a series and you get into it. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is it's fun. And then you want to talk to your friend about it. You're like, have you seen the wilds? And they're like, well, what did you watch? And you're like, never mind. And they're like, is wild spelled with a Y or the you gotta have you shown them stand by me? No, uh, no, they, you know, some of that stuff doesn't translate to them. Like some of the older stuff doesn't like, they just sit there. Like we tried to show them Tommy boy and they're like, or no Ace Ventura. And they were like, I, I can't laugh at a special needs guy. And you're like, Oh yeah. You're like, I showed my, when towns was five, I showed him Ace Ventura and he didn't get anything but laughed so much. Oh I've done like same thing with Napoleon Dynamite. He he like it's one of his favorite movies. And oh, I haven't, seven, them, and he, I haven't shown and he them. Gets that. it? Oh my god! He at five at five years old. That was his favorite movie. Oh wow! Oh, I got to try yeah. that. Last night they wanted to watch The Shining, and right Ooh. now they're obsessed with serial killers. Mm-hmm. So we watched the one on Richard Ramirez, and then we watched the Ted Bundy one, 
and now and uh and i don't like that shit i don't like the fucking sadness of life i, I like i like dumb mm-hmm. comedies i don't understand people that like horror movies have you ever done a horror movie yeah you have in boston <clears throat> yeah and i was it was like night shoots and i get killed but i'm like this like paramedic driver and i was drunk most of the movie <laughs> and uh I, I got the day i got out of rehab it uh was like premiering at Arclight. So I just like showed up, like literally still have like a wristband on my <laughs> rehab. And I, I see the director and I'm like, Hey man, I just got out of rehab today. And he goes, yeah, I was wondering in the edit bay, it was so interesting. Like you couldn't really understand most of what you said. And he goes, and I remember that on set too. And I was just like, just let him go for a while. <laughs> He'll find it. <laughs> like, Good shit, that's fucking hilarious. But you know, if you're shooting in negative 10 degrees, you know, and the dead winter in Boston outside, you're good. Yeah, of course you're drinking whiskey out of a water, you know, bottle. It's so right? funny. That's normal, you, right? <laughs> you know, what's so funny is I never understood drinking problems. Like I, I never could because I, I think I, I, I don't know what I am, but I teeter in and out of such extremes at times that I green light behaviors. So I have a buddy who's, who had gotten, who got very sick drinking, uh, and I'll, it's uh, not doing so hot right now. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I literally was like, he had a drinking problem. And my friends are like, bro, he, he would drink in the morning. I was like, I drank with him a couple times. Like, I didn't think mm-hmm. like, and then you start going, wait, do I have a drinking problem? And they're like, I don't know. And, and then that guy's, that, that guy's situation kind of scared me literally scared me but i'd already been not drinking for two months at the time and so mm-hmm. with like a, you know a sprinkle of date of, of night drinking maybe like four times in december you know but uh but um it's crazy is that like you see that and i remember the one time you came over and you're like i, I would love a pull of vodka and i was like let's make drinks and it, yeah. I, it's funny i just don't i'm like i have a bad it's almost like hanging out with a bunch of gay dudes and and you're like wait you guys are trying to fuck me and you're like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that you guys wanted to. I mean, the flattering, actually. Yeah. I mean, we're naked. I thought this is how the Greeks wrestle. <laughs> I thought we were. Thought this was just a bit and me sucking your. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that morning that I that I did that pull of vodka. I think I vomited in your bathroom before we even went in there. Really? I was like, oh god, yeah. I I started I started being so good at vomiting. I could just like mid sentence just be like, oh, I need to check something. I think I left something in my car vomit out front come back in nope <laughs> water but the the friend with the you know one thing to think about that i always thought about especially once i quit drinking was how much time i spent concerned with if i had a problem or not you know and like the brain power that was taking where it's like god i was wasting that much thought like thought process on that when it could have just been something i don't think about but the problem with quitting drinking is if you're doing it just because you you want to be healthy, that only lasts for so long. You know, that's, that's you. me. That's me. I go. Yeah. I'm gonna quit because I want to get. I want to lose some weight. I want to be healthier. Oh, and then, and then, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't really wrap my head around it. But that brain thought stuff, because like there will be times like where I'll sit on the treadmill and I'll be like, I should maybe I'll have a drink tonight. And then I'll go, nah, I'd be healthy. And then you'll be like, well, maybe I will. And you're like, nah. And then you go back and forth and you're like, that is brain power as opposed to just going, oh, the answer is going to be no forever. Yeah. It must oh, yeah. save a lot of fucking headache. That's my gummy situation right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, 
you know, it takes about 15 minutes to Instacart some gummies from, uh, and I love gummies. I think you like gummies too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just make me feel like shit. Because uh, I, 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 I went from booze to sugar like immediately. And it was sick how much sugar I was bringing down. Because that's, you know, how much booze I was taking was, you know, I would go through like four packages of like Har- Haribo gummies. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, God. But the amount of time I waste thinking about gummies is ridiculous. It just, uh, it just moves to something else. It, uh, yeah. My, mine has been, mine's been running lately. Like one I, will I, kill you quicker. One, one will kick. <laughs> That's the thing too, that people say, like, I remember I, w- I one time ended up in like a, on accident in a sex, like a slaw meeting, sex anonymous. I thought I didn't know that they like, didn't have a, there were meetings other than AA meetings at this place. So I show up and it's like a cyber sex meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i remember someone was like afterwards he's like hey man I, I i know who you are and i think this is a good place for you i'm like how would you know anything about my sexual things but he goes you know but hey i know you're an aa so i'm like what? he's like listening to podcasts and he knows about me and he's like oh, he goes you know if i were you i just go in whatever one's gonna kill you quicker focus on that and i was like i'm here on accident man this is not Yes, I stayed the whole time and totally related, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I always teeter. I don't, you know, <clears throat> I, I wish I could, I wish I could nail down where my brain is, but I, I'm such a person that lives on extremes. It's either fucking eating clean, running, trying mm-hmm. to lose weight, or I like, I mean, I, I get on the road and I'm, balloon i balloon up to like 259 was my heaviest and i'm like what the fuck that's not who i am you on the road too or i mean your workout schedule i mean the fact that you do keep your body healthy as far as cardio and your heart and your lungs i mean that most alcoholics can't do that that you know i mean that and that's not to say it's functioning it's just like that 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 fear of of yourself your body giving out like your friends is doing, or maybe, you know, he's going to recover from it. Who knows? But I had a friend's body who gave out and it, it just killed, you know, it, it happened in four days. It was insane. Really? Yeah. And he's in hospice like two days later and then done two days after that. And, and we had just spoken on the phone a week earlier and, um, we, it was like all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I drink a bottle of, vodka at least a day and he's like yeah i'm drinking a bottle of tequila every day i'm like well i didn't know we were both doing this feels good to unload a little bit you know yeah <laughs> and and then you know the next thing i know he's gone i'm like oh wait that so the thing that he was doing that's what i'm doing to my body and i better get out of this so or else yeah yeah you know and, and then i remember like talking to his wife and she was like they went to disneyland and i remember being like how did so how did he do Disneyland? Because I can't do stuff. I couldn't do stuff like that because I couldn't drink. You know, there's no drinking at Disneyland. So there's no way for me to sneak drinking or, or you know, whatever. And she was like, he came for an hour and then he went back to the hotel and he was finishing off. Like I'd wake up in the middle of the night. He was drinking tequila. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So that's how, that's how I would have done it. An hour a day. Did you know that March is national sleep month? I love sleeping more than anything in the world. And March is right around the corner. When we were on the tour bus, I had a hard time sleeping. There was nothing more frustrating than a bad night's sleep. And I relied on CBD. I'm telling you, our good friends at CBDMD want to give you everything you need to enhance your nighttime routine and get the better sleep 
you deserve. They also have CBD salts, bath salts, fused superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salt to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptus. I love eucalyptus. Or a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. God. Well, CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, and chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to help create a powerful sleep aid. I, telling you when I say this, <laughs> you put melatonin in anything, and I'm out like a light. And the CBD for me, with all the working out I'm doing, is so great for taking care of all the aches and pains and inflammations. And to make it easier... For you to relax, our friends at CBDMD have a fantastic way for you to relax, regroup, recharge. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code BERT at checkout. Just go to CBDMD.com and use the promo code BERT for 25% off your purchase for superior CBD products from CBDMD. This podcast is brought to you by Viore. When I first went to Australia, I remember uh, Gavin, my tour manager, explaining to me activewear, and I didn't understand what that was. And then I started working out. Apparently, I was a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) And I started working out, and I realized I didn't want to wear running shorts to go drop off my kids or, like, a running top to go drop off my kids. I didn't want to look like I was on my way to the gym. I wanted to look like I like I was hanging out in everyday life. And then I could also work out in those clothes. Viore has the perfect apparel. It is performance apparel designed for you to work in but it doesn't feel or look like that. It's so comfortable. You wear it all the time. I wear their core shorts. They're the, literally the most comfortable lined athletic shorts I've ever had. One short for every sport. I use them for working out. I use them for running. And I just love being in them. I go swimming in them. By the way, I slept in their Ponto shorts uh, three nights ago. And they've got great apparel for women. They've got women's joggers, performance joggers, which Leanne claims are the softest joggers she's ever owned. The women daily leggings, which my daughter's Go in and pilfer out of Leanne's closet. And I'm telling you right now, they're designed to look good, look great, feel great in everyday life inside and outside of the gym. And they are perfect for any workout. I use them for running and for my CrossFit that I'm trying to lose weight, but it really hasn't happened. Let me tell you something. You're going to like what you see. Go to their website and take a look at their products. The core shorts, I stand by their core. I stand in their core shorts. Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at vioriclothing.com slash BERT. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash BERT. Not only will you get 20% off your first purchase, but you will enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to vioriclothing.com slash BERT and discover the versatility, 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 versatility of Viore Clothing. Did you think your son noticed a difference in how active you were in his life? I don't know. Cause he's five, you know, he turned five, like right when I was in rehab. And I remember there's a woman in rehab that told me that her dad got sober when she was five. She worked there and she doesn't ever remember him being drunk, you know, and oh, she's cool. like 25, you know, and I'm like, Oh good. Okay, cool. So I might be right at that kind of, so you know. all he knows of you is like the greatest dad in the world who's like, let's go to Lake Hurricane or let's go. <laughs> oh God. Did you did you get any anything wrong with your body after Lake Hurricane? <laughs> I, I don't know why. Did you? <laughs> oh yeah. I 
Okay, so I was pulling out. I, I was swimming in an area. I got a parasite, swimmer's itch, which is like this this parasite eating at my body because I was swimming in a cove that was just perfect and beautiful, and I was just hanging out in the water, like you know, for hours. And my son and I, and I was driving with Natasha and Moshe, um, Moshe Cash and Natasha Legero were also with me with their daughter, but they were in a separate car. And we're driving all into Utah to go to you know wherever, whatever national park and. Um, <laughs> pulling out, I called them. I go, Hey, how itchy are you guys? And I'm driving my car, literally like ripping my clothes off. Just like, I can't even handle it. And they're like, not at all. And I go, well, I got to get a shower. So I pulled into a hotel with towns and I go, come with me. This is how things get done. And he walks in and I go, I take 20 bucks and I say, can I just need a shower? Can I use a room for a shower? And the lady was like, okay, sure. It gives me a key, takes a 20. I go and shower oh, off great. in the room. And then my body just it looked like I got bit by a thousand mosquitoes for days and it was itchy, but yeah, swimmer's itch. Oh, and I then didn't, we didn't get that at all. And then later in the summer, I got swimmer's ear, which, you know, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but next by next summer, I could have a swimmer's body <laughs> depending, but <laughs> I just kept getting, just kept getting problems in water around, but that's all we did all summer. I think we camped 60% of the summer. I just couldn't be inside. How did you find, how do you find your places to go? Because I, when I see the places that you guys go, it just looks so fucking awesome. Everyone yeah, I found this place in Kernville, like Kernville. Um, have you been there? No. It's like you get to Bakersfield, Bakersville, whatever. Is it Bakersfield? Yeah. Bakersfield. And then you head out and you camp on the Kern river, which later I find out they call the killer Kern because like, you know, there's a, a lot of people that die in this river. It's a fucking crazy river. <laughs> But I found this, you know, BLM site, which is free camping, you know, first come, first serve. BLM. And yeah. How did they have anything to do with camping? It's not the same. It's not, it's not the same people. Oh, wait, 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 wait what are the, <laughs> it's not, it's not Black Lives Matter. There's some, I don't know what BLM stands for in, as far as the camping terms, but yeah, yeah like, national they're, parks really got they're, they're really uh, they're really focused on uh black right Afro, black black lives matters and camping like it they, you know they don't talk about camping much but that's one of their other things they're like you know what we're gonna get free camping as, as and we're gonna <laughs> until this is all fixed what but, how uh, funny do you think it was when the blm people realized oh, there's another one <laughs> <laughs> wait well, how do how do we get and they did a partnership, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah, it's like the, when uh, WWF was like the World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> was that a thing? Oh, that that's why they changed the WWE because they oh. already owned WWF, and they were like, mm. and it was World Wildlife Foundation, and they were like, wait, hold on, we're World Wrestling Federation, and they're like, never knew that. Change it. Never knew that. Two totally different things as well. Um. But so as far as camping, I just, I've, I also learned how to go to places that aren't campgrounds and really just kind of just do it, you know? And, and, and at the time, like right now camp, like, I don't know if you saw it during the world series, but camping.com was one of the sponsors. Like it had camping.com behind home plate. Wow. Like that's how like the camping business, you know, outfitting trucks that blew up this summer. And also guitar business too went, went crazy as well. Everyone's, you know, trying to learn how to play guitar, but the uh, camping was nuts and also just unregulated as far as like, you know, people weren't paying attention. 
the the rangers and stuff so you could really go anywhere but i, I have to camp by a body of water it's, otherwise it, it's just useless to me yeah i don't understand camping in the middle of like people that we went to um we went camping at uh just up north there's a big there's a big uh body of water, big right on the ocean and it sounds like you're camping on the ocean but you're not you're like two miles in and i was like well this is fucking stupid i wanted to camp on the ocean yeah, is this out by Ventura or Oxnard or something? Up even higher. Uh, oh, I forget. I, God damn it! I forget. Oh, I, oh, yeah. If it's up by the Hearst Castle, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and and um, I was so <clears throat> bummed out. And then I was like, well, we should have just gotten a camper because our friends just got a camper. I was like, oh, and then I, why don't we just get a fucking hotel? Why don't we stay in a hotel? This sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes from tent to well, we could get a camper. I mean, yeah. we could just go to Vegas. what a transition yeah but i i want a camper man those look i would i always just thought about how great it would be to have a van like that and just like pull like i did this i borrowed my buddy's van and went up to uh, ohio a couple times dude you just have like a computer or something in there writing just pull up to a river open the door and you're just you got a desk fantastic it's i'm telling you man i that is that is my dream. Like I would love to have one of those camper vans. I, I go to, I go to the ones where they, like if you show a guy that's got a TikTok where he's outfitting his van, all of a sudden mm-hmm. I am there. I subscribe to him. I'm like, I want to see all this shit. And then yeah. climbers vans. Like I was like, Oh my God. But then I, then I, I, I disconnect. So I like look at Adam, Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold is the guy that free. Yeah. Solo. The free guy. Yeah. And I go, so what does he do at night to relax? He's like, because all his pleasures is like, you know, if I really want to treat myself, I'll throw a couple of blueberries in my mucilage. I'm like, <laughs> big day. Yeah. I'm like, he can't, you know, he can't jack off his hands have the texture of dog paws. So like, uh-huh. what, like what's his treat? And uh, Raya. What's that? Raya. <laughs> I heard he's on Raya. Have you ever thought about rock climbing? Yeah, I do. do you I, really? I'm a member at the Stronghold, which is downtown LA, which obviously there's nothing there right now, but I almost, I took a pretty brutal fall this summer with my son. I, it was so dumb, but I just like saw this great little kind of waterfall and was climbing next to it. And I like, there was an easy way around. My son was on the top and I slipped and barely grabbed a hold of what would have been about a 15 foot fall. It was so dumb my son would have been left alone in the woods. It was the dumb. I mean, I, my scra- like my body was like fucked. It was crazy. Really? But I learned my lesson on that. But yeah, I do a lot of indoor climbing. I love it. Cause I, you know, that thing where if you see somebody's body and you're like, God, I wish I had a body like that. You know, I ask about it. I go up and I say, so how'd you, would you, how'd you get a body like that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and some guy goes climbing and I'm like, all right, well, that's what I want. So that's what I'm doing. Jared Leto's like a huge climber. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen him, I've seen him like out in Utah doing that stuff. Yeah. Really? So do you, do you take climbing trips and stuff? I go on camping trips where climbing can be involved. Yeah. But I don't do like, I've never done a major, like, you know, like El Capitan or something like that. Yeah. I couldn't, uh, we did, you know, have you ever heard of Via Ferrata's? No. So Via Ferrata is, Hey Halston, can you share the screen and pull up a, pull up something of a via ferrata it's yeah. i think i'm saying the right thing it is basically like a hike right 
uh-huh. that includes rock climbing, but you don't need any gear. Not one of the ones where you're like hiking on a cliff and you and you clip in just to like kind of thing. no 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 no. It is mm-hmm. it's so fucking intense. It is in my opinion, it's rock climbing, and I've been rock climbing and I've done hikes. It's rock climbing. It's totally mm-hmm. rock climbing. But they are fucking terrifying. Like if you're into rock climbing, it's I don't think it'd be the thing that you like about rock climbing. Like you like to mm-hmm. like climb a rock. It mm-hmm. is a hike, but it is at insane. Look at this. Wait. It is like hiking. Like oh, that. yeah. No, that would be fun. That's what I like. Yeah, I like doing stuff like that, too. I've done like that. Yeah, see how you, that's what I was talking about. You're, you know, you're attached to a thing kind of walking on this, on yeah. this hillside. I love it. I, it's also great for my son, I realized, because um, he's been climbing since he was three now. I've been taking him there. Oh, and, wow. he, and like, I put him on belay at the climbing gym. So he's up, you know, he climbs up like 30, 40 feet. And just lets go and fall like and trust that he can fall backwards and Ooh. kind of come down the wall. And then this summer, he jumped off a 15 or a 20 foot cliff into the Kern River. I, I just took him up there and I jumped in and I go, well, now you're going to have to, <laughs> you know, because there's no other way down. And he just did it. He just jumped and, I, and he hit the water. I mean, there's no way I would have done that at, at oh. his age. He was six at the time. There's just like zero chance. And his certain, bravery. Yeah, certain people are dialed into that. My youngest, there's a there's a rock jump. It, we have a lake house in Alabama, and there's a rock jump, but you got to climb up it, and then mm-hmm. you jump off, and you got to really launch off. And my wife, growing up, would do it all the time, and I've done it. I've I've jumped off a lot of shit just working on Travel Channel, and so Isla was like, "I want to do it. I want someone to do it with me." And I was like, "Well, I'll do it with you." I got up there, and I was like. And she's like, you want to go first? I go, no, because what if you back out? And she was like, I'm not backing out. And I go, okay, then I'll go first because I might back out if you jump. <laughs> <laughs> always go first. That's my motto. Yeah, always go first. And it was, mm-hmm. but some people are dialed into that. Some people love that shit. Man, there's this rock I jumped off in Canada where you have to like, the, the tide has to be up all the way. Um, oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. The tide has to be up all the way or else you'll hit rock. Oh, and so we're in this boat and then we're using the depth finder and the tides up like three quarters and the depth finder says it's 20 and I'm like, it's fine. We're fine here. I'm going to do it. And it's like one of the ones we had to run and jump at least like out, you know, however many feet you have to be out there. And, um, and I got scared midair that I was going to hit the ground. Oh, my, my rental car is being delivered. Um, I got scared midair that I was going to hit the ground. So I, I put my legs up and I ended up bruising my tailbone for like three months. I had to fly and I was using my neck pillow as a fucking ass pillow instead. This is very unprofessional, Kurt, but, or Kurt Burt, but I've got a rental car being delivered. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like they're with Domino's. They're just delivering. Oh, I think you guys, there we go. <laughs> so do you, are you staying in a house? Yeah. I'm in a five bedroom house alone. For real? Yeah. Jesus. It's been, it's been like, you know, there's a bidet. I've got rooms. Like one of the rooms is just, I've like unloaded my suitcase in another room. I sometimes go in for about five minutes after I wake up in the morning. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. This place. And it's like, you know. It's ridiculous. Has it gotten, have, has, has 
the th- doing a movie has it gotten more comfortable the more movies you've done like is it gone that now you're in a five bedroom house <laughs> yeah i i i um i love it man i love working you know like i love being around people like stand up we're so singular and you know you get like i love like you know the managers and the bookers and all that stuff um that when you when i get to be on a set it's like i feel like i'm part of a team oh it's like having a nuclear family Hey, how you doing? Good, Bert. This is my friend Bert. We're uh, we're live right now. Hey, how you doing? Uh huh. So this is the call. Great. Okay, and I have sanitizer. Okay. And this is the picture. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Very easy process. Take care. Say hi to the family. That's great. So is this your this is your last day of quarantine? Yeah. And then how does it work? You have you can only be on the set, or can you go do adventures? No, I think it's just like living in LA, you know, I mean, like, and the thing about here is that it's, it's less COVID here, um, in Vancouver. So yeah, I can like go to the grocery store and stuff. I can go out, go to Whistler if I wanted to. Oh my God. I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. I'm going to do that. But Whistler is one of my favorite. That's such a beautiful place. Oh yeah. I, I grew up, you know, in Seattle. So it was like a four hour drive. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're that's, this is all your neck of the woods. Uh huh. Yeah, Black Home and Whistler were my like. I always like Black Home because it sounded cooler. Yeah, but the I've been up there in the summer too. You can go up on the glacier. I went. We went up to we went up to Whistler, and I bungee jumped up there. There was a great. Oh yeah, jump. yeah. It was actually a really amazing bungee jump over a river, and the river was raging, and I was I wore khakis, and my ass cheeks were sweating, so I had a big streak of wet, and it did not look cool, as cool as I thought. It, all the video turned out horrible. I'm interested to know the rate, you know, the percentage of people that bungee jump in khakis. It can't be high. It <laughs> 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 that can't be like a probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're talking top like one percent or so. I, you- I bungee jumped in Mexico once with two other guys that both weighed about twenty pounds less than me, and they never changed the rope length. It was over the ocean, and uh, I my head dipped into the ocean. And they were like 15 feet off the water. <laughs> really? So crazy. Yeah. I was like, shouldn't you be like adjusting? Like, nah, we kind of, we kind of made it for you. And then they can just, you know, it's do funny. Their own thing. Have you ever heard Shane Moss's story about jumping off a rock? Oh, I, I mean, I know he broke his heel, right? Or Ooh. he told me that story in my, in my, he walks in, I think on crutches at the time, tells me that story on my podcast. And then I go to Zanzibar like a week later. Uh, literally a week later and we're at this rock and we, we it's this old island just off the coast where they have these tortoises that are like 350 years old and 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 they're like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go jump off this rock and then we'll swim back to the boat we'll swim around the island to the boat i was like oh that'll be cool and so and i love i love the water i'm like you i need to be around water yeah. i don't my wife wants to be in the mountains i'm like fuck the mountains i want to be on the beach i want to be by a river i need water and so our guide is this young blonde, light, light, like very light, skinny kid. And he jumps off. He's like, it's a little shallow, but don't worry. You'll be fine. Just lift your feet up. And we're like, okay. (laughs) By the way, this is a legit 20 foot jump. And so Mm -hmm. my cameraman, John Manns does it. And he goes, he pops up and he's like, do not do it. No one jump, no one jump. But I know for a fact that, that like, I'm thinking to myself, this is the end of the show. Like, this is how it should go. So I go, all right, I'll tell you what. He says, don't jump. I'll jump. I'm the judge. 
I jump and I land on my heels and I think I shattered both my heels. And my fucking asshole friend, John Manns, my cameraman goes, you just talked to someone who shattered their heels. You And I'm like, God damn it. I shattered my fucking heels. I shattered and they hurt. So my fucking heels hurt so bad. And then I had to swim around. A bruised heel, by the way, it does not heal very well. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Apparently broken heels are game changers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the worst swim I've ever had with what I thought were two broken heels. And then I get back and I'm like, I, they started feeling better. And then I ended up at some hotel drinking and I was like, I can barely feel it anymore. Woke up the next yeah. morning. Like I feel it again. Can't walk. Yeah. I, I went into speaking of swimming in water. I went on new year's Eve. I thought, fuck it. I'm going in the ocean. And I, I, you know, like kind of last minute wanted to kind of, I wanted to jump in as the sun was setting. So I went with a friend and we're barely, I mean, the sun's already starting. I'm running out of the car. Taking clothes off in my underwear, basically running onto the beach, just trying to get the last little sliver of sunset. And the yeah. beach is packed. I mean, so many people, nobody in the water. It was the most magical. I run in and just pull one of the big dives into a wave, and I come out, and the, the whole beach is just <laughs> applauding me. It was fucking great. And then for the next 12 hours, I thought I had COVID. And my friend was like, no, that's just, you just jumped in the ocean on December 31st. So that's going to feel that way for a while. Yeah, It's a little <laughs> cold. Those are the chills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love cold water. I love the plunge. Oh dude. I'm obsessed. I, I love polar plunging. It's like my favorite thing to do. I'm, yeah. You do the ice thing. You've got I, that one of those. Dude, North Hollywood ice will, dri- will mm-hmm. drop off 300 pounds of ice, which should last you an entire week of polar plunging. And they mm-hmm. drop it off at your front door covid you don't have to pick up a goddamn thing and then they always throw in like a they have nice ice cubes like really nice ones they throw in for me so i can i i, I love a glass of ice water with like uh-huh. good ice not the yeah. oh. white people uh half moon ice that everyone yeah. got in the refrigerator I, I hate that ice i'm talking like nice cube. like the balled up ice what about the balled up ice though the really that really good ice that's like kind of crunchy oh I love that ice. I, by the way, oh. I, I I could, I could watch. You know, it's so funny the thing where my where my real interests grow. Like when you talk about jumping off rocks, I could watch a whole show about great rocks to jump off of. Like, tell me where they are. Tell me what to do. Like, tell like, I I'm really I really enjoy that kind of fun where you take a nice hike in. You jump off a rock. You lay on a rock and get dry. You put your shoes back in. You hike out. That for me is like, that's like the greatest Sunday you could ever have in your life. Do you know a, a rock I jumped off? Do you remember the movie Breaking Away? Daniel Stern, Dennis Quaid takes place in Bloomington. It was like 80, 79 or 80 is when it came out. I'm, I know. I saw, Hang on. Let me pull up the picture. Um, it's a, it's the kid that's a bicyclist. He wants to, yeah, like, I know what it is. Yeah. 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 And they jump into a quarry in that movie. And I remember the first time I saw that as a kid, I was obsessed with jumping off bridges, you know, like, um, this is actually a funny story. My brothers were five years younger and my brother was like, Hey, I heard a rumor in school today that, that you jumped off the McDonald bridge naked. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's getting passed around too. <laughs> like my brothers are hearing about me at school, but the, uh, cool. it's getting passed around. this, uh, oh. telling people about it, right? Keep telling, keep telling. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what was that? Wait, what the fuck was I getting into? Oh, Jesus. You jumped off a quarry and breaking. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this quarry's on private property 
And I was there in 2018 and I wanted to find the quarry. It's like a two hour hike in private property where you're walking by signs that say live ammunition, stay out. And I had like a local that didn't really know how to find it taking me. And then we found it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. See if you can find the rock that you jump off of there. Um, That's one of them, but there's actually like a big limestone that people jump off that they jump off in the movie. And I, uh, I jumped off of it. It was amazing. And then I got a tick. Are you serious? Yeah, I got a tick and I had limes. I had Lyme disease for like three months. Lyme disease sucks, man. It was the worst. What? Um, but it was worth it for the jump. Wait, so you ready? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to up your jump, right? This is mm-hmm. like epic. Did you ever see the movie, uh, 247 hours or whatever it is? with James Franco yeah. where he comes yeah. off. You know that rock that, that they jumped out of that like where they're like, he's like, just let go. And they let go mm-hmm. and they fall. We did that jump. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we did that jump, but it's different than what it says it is. So it says it's one thing where they like get in this thing and they just let go and fall. What it really is is a crater that has a hole in the center of it. And you climb into the hole and then jump into the hole and you end up God damn, I wish I could tell you what it was, Halston. I don't even know. T- uh, t- see if you can find it, Halston. But it was such an intense jump. And then we got it. I mean, it's like, a, I want to say it's a huge jump into a crater full that is is just filled with water and mm-hmm. goes down like 100 feet. And then we got on scuba tanks and sunk to the bottom. Like, oh, wow. Like, with no training. no Like, just some guy had a scuba tank. He's like, you guys want to go down? And we're like, sure. And he's like, come on, put it in our mouth. It took us down. I think one person didn't even have goggles on. It was like fucking really. It was, it was one of the most intense. That was an intense jump. Crazy. Scuba Bear. Steve's just hanging out in there with a fucking, that's amazing. You, yeah. you scuba dive though, right? I think I, I, I feel dive. like I've seen that. Yeah. I scuba dive. I, I don't like it. No, I uh, get panic attacks. I like here. Cause I'm never scuba diving on my watch. Like I'm never, I've never gone scuba diving where I got to make the calls. All my scuba diving adventures were like, we're like, okay, so we're going down to 90 feet. I'm like, that seems deep. And they're like, you're fine. And then I'm like, well, no, I, I, I wish I could speak up or advocate for my own self right now. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and you're like, Hey, thunderstorm, but we got to get down there quick. Cause this storm's rolling in. And I'm like, that doesn't seem fun. Like, don't we do, can we do like the ones where Nick Nolte did where it's around a reef and, there's a half naked girl and, and there's mm-hmm. cocaine bottles and I catch them. I don't know what movie that is, but I was like, yeah. I don't do like fun, lighthearted scuba diving where, where it's like 20 feet and I'm just, and I'm really enjoying it. And I've never done that. And by the way, I think anyone who's really a scuba diver is like, those are scoop. There's no reason to scuba dive those. Why don't you just snorkel? I go, yeah, I want to get comfortable first and then put me at 90 feet. Yeah, that's, I mean, also the thought of a storm being up there when you come out of the water just doesn't sound fun. Two shows, two two of my dive trips were the worst storms I've ever seen coming in. One, we were in an aluminum boat, and I was like, I guess being in the water is safer than this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. And and we had to do it twice. We went down to ninety feet, and we all ran out of air, so we all started coming back up slow as fuck. Then they keep you at fifteen feet. They bring a like a squid down, I think is what they call it, like a tank with a bunch of things on it and we hang out at 15 feet because we're out of air on this other oxygen tank we get up 
they trade out our tanks. And then I had to go down to fucking 30 feet and just sit there by myself. Cause, uh, because I, it was how I got my certification. So I'm just sitting at 30 feet with a trainer with it. Like, mm-hmm. and it was so not enjoyable. The other one was in Japan in fucking te- small craft advisory. We go down to swim with whale sharks, not enjoyable in my opinion. It's like, it's like, imagine going to the zoo and they're like, Hey, we're going to look at the tiger exhibit for 30 minutes. And you're like, I don't know if I can do it for 30 minutes. I get like five minutes is cool. And they're like, well, why would we go for five minutes? We sat and stared. Yeah, at- I know. How about 30 seconds then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, show me another fucking thing. So we go down to 40 feet and just stare at this whale shark for 30 minutes. We come up. Everyone on the boat is throwing up aggressively. Like just. Oh, over- <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like going to a day movie, you know, where you like, you kind of get in the theater and you're like, okay, it's not bad. And then you walk out and it's daytime. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. What is going on out here? Supposed to be dark by now. We got we got up to the top and they're like, everyone in the boat now, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're coming up and you see somebody just like <laughs> we man, that was the biggest uh, uh, shooting anything on television in underwater is such a shit show every time. Yeah. We told one of our we like you map it out, you right? We're like, all right, so we're gonna drop down with the two trip flip people we're going to drop down to 40 feet we're going to hang out here now what we need you to do is you got to swim into the net where the whale shark is and then shoot us and the whale shark and we're in the in the background and they're like okay so we get down to 40 feet and we're looking at the whale shark and i'm looking at my my cameraman and scuba gear go and then all of a sudden i see my sound guy or not not sound guy my other cameraman go down to him and then I see the guide. Now it's just me and the th- all the people are down there. My cameraman's caught in the netting. <laughs> <laughs> it was I mean, such- that that just sounds horrible. It just sounds horrible. I like I, I like I like the this you know the snorkel. I'm fine oh, with that. Dude. We we went. I w- I'll tell you what I could really get into. And I keep thinking like when you talk like when I look at your Instagram and I see you kind of really living your life. And I, I think that has been a lot of the inspiration of, of when I go on these long stretches of not boozing is I, I see guys like you and Moshe living a life, like really living a life. And I think a lot of people think that uh, drugs and alcohol and being out late, that's living the life, living the life's the shit that happens in the daytime and spending yeah. time with your kids. And, and you guys, I keep thinking of all the activities I want to do, like where I go, I want to start. I want to start surfing, and one of my big ones was uh, was um, spear fishing. I was like, "Oh, I'd love to spear fish." I want to do that. My dad did. My dad did that when he was younger. For real? It just seems fun. Yeah. Oh, it's. We did it once in Florida. It was so fucking fun. We, I mean, I I love fish fishing in general, oh, but yeah. the idea of actually making it more of a sport, being underwater. Sounds fun. Oh, we did. We went out in Florida. We went off the coast by like like th- 40 minutes off the coast down to this reef. And I mean, this it's, it's silly. We were just shooting Barracuda, but it was so much fun to like dive down, follow it, track it, shoot it, and then swim it up to the thing and then bring it over to the boat. And, and Dave Williamson was legit spearfishing. He was like getting real fish. But it was mm-hmm. like it was and it was fun just everyone being in the water. There were sharks in the water, and for whatever reason, not afraid. I was like, ah, whatever. 
Yeah, the shark thing. My dad was a uh, uh, one time there was a he was out doing that and he was in a little dinghy and a uh, hammerhead started circling him. Really? <laughs> he was in his dinghy and I forget he's like somewhere across the world because he used to work on a boat. But but yeah, I just think the thought of sharks at a young age seeing Jaws, I just thought I can't. Do you I'm go, sur- do you go surfing at all? No, I mean, I can't, I, I have, yeah, and I do, I like to, but I don't like wetsuits. I, I don't, Yeah. the whole process is just not that fun for me. <laughs> that little moment when you're surfing, that's fun. That the swimming yeah. out, the cardio, the, it's just exhausting. I'm trying to get this kid on my podcast, Nathan Florence. He's a big surfer out in, and, and like, because of this one kid's vlog, I, it's so funny, man, how social media can like, you feel like you're a part of something. This one mm-hmm. kid's vlog, I started watching it and he just has really positive energy. And he's a part of this like big group of like legit surfers in uh, Hawaii. And I so badly just want to be like, hey man, uh, next summer, I'm moving down there. I'm getting a place. I'm going to be in the water. You need to teach me how to surf. I want to surf Jaws. I want to surf. Like I want to, I, I would love to get into it, but I feel like I end up going like, ah, fuck it. Let's just go on tour. Let's go yeah, towards. the surfing thing. I mean, Moshe surfs a lot. Yeah. That's his thing. They're getting up early, going out. You know, we live in the east side. It's just a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a long drive. Mm-hmm. I have no, by the you mentioned tour. I'm like, I have no touring ahead of me. I can't even fathom touring. Well, they just opened up uh, theaters. They're going to open up theaters and they announced they're opening theaters in New York. So that's mm. like a, the first, the, and, and no one thought it was going to happen this fast, but that's like the first leg of everything starting to open i have a i have a tour planned in um in august or october maybe tentatively mm-hmm. um and then i'm not and i'm not i'm not in a rush to get back into theaters i don't mind the outdoor shit i, I want to try to find more cool outdoor venues you know mm-hmm. yeah that would be i mean that that looked fun what you were doing i don't know how i don't know how fun the drive-in movie theater type show is when everyone's so separated but oh it's a, to be outside blast. dude let me tell you something let me tell you something i can't i can't tip the hat too much but i have something planned that i think is gonna be a lot of fun and i'm gonna try to bring as many really great comedians as possible and it's it's gonna be a blast i don't i, I haven't figured out but i'm gonna make you do one and you're gonna love it you're gonna love it because it's so you you really are mm-hmm. all the things that like that we do on the road like that we we're texting you going, Nick, where do we go? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, and so I'm telling you, man, I'm, I, if, if, it, if it works out, I'm going to hit you up and we can have, we'll have some good times this spring or this fall. If you're not shooting a movie or something. I love it. You know, I mean, outdoor amphitheaters are, there's so many of those. They're so much fun. Mm-hmm. And especially after doing all those drive-ins you do, you know, they have those like civic amphitheaters that they have like all throughout Northern California. Those civic mm-hmm. amphitheaters are fucking amazing. Yeah, I remember I've doing, done one of those. I've, I did when I was young. That was like a, like a thousand dollar night. You could do it, and mm-hmm. I would bomb. I would bomb, and that was I. I, I would love. I did that outdoor tour. The um, oddball. Like Amy. Sh- yeah, yeah, and those were like outdoor shows that were crazy big. That was so fun. I mean that. Oh yeah. Red Rocks, all that stuff. It's just oh, wow. Have you done Red Rocks? I'm surprised you probably could. No, we're, uh, I was scheduled to do it with Jim Jeffries, and I were going to do it in October of this last mm-hmm. year. And 
we're not supposed to announce it, but we're booked to do it October again. <laughs> I'm just mm. assuming everything's going to shift, but we're supposed to do it again in October. Um, That's fun. Yeah, I w- I'm excited to do that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, if you're having trouble meeting your goals, difficulty in your relationships, uh, trouble sleeping, feeling depressed, stressed, BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp offers online professional counselors who can listen and help. Listen, trust me, I do this. I do this across the board. I've been doing it for a long time. I love I love getting online help. I don't like going in person. All you got to do is simply fill out a questionnaire to assess your needs, and BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start talking within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. This is secure online professional counseling. BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise, which may not be available in your area. That's what's important. That's what's beautiful online. This service is available for clients worldwide. You just log in to your account anytime, send unlimited messages to your counselor, (laughs) and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. (laughs) Plus, Plus, you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions, and everything you share is confidential. And you won't ever have to sit in a waiting room or go sit in person or get in, sit in traffic. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. And it's so easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And BertCast listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Bert. Visit Better. H-E-L-P dot com slash Bert and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. I learned that on Babbel, not in my Russian classes. <laughs> Babbel's the number one selling language learning app. Did that make sense? The number one selling language learning app. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Maybe I should get Babbel for English. And one of my goals is I'm going to learn a new language. What language, Bert? I can't tell you, but I am getting Babbel. I saw a commercial on TV the other day. Uh, this lady walks into a, a restaurant and orders in Spanish. And then this little girl comes up and says, hey, did you learn that? And she goes, I learned it on Babbel. I literally was so taken by that. And then she touched the girl's nose at the very end. I thought it was such a great uh, such a great commercial. And I'm glad that they're a sponsor of this podcast. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. I am learning a new language. I'm telling you, it's super easy. Unlike the infamous language classes you did or didn't take in college or high school, (laughs) Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind. Things you'll get used to in everyday life. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons are created by over the 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been significantly proven to be effective. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. I'm going to Babbel right now. Plus, they have the speech, speech recognition technology, helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I'm certain you're going, Bert, uh, your pronunciation and accent is fucking horrible. Right now, you can when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you will get an additional three months for free. I am doing this. I am doing this. And I'm learning a language. I promise you that. 
That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code BERT. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com and the code's BERT for an extra three months for free. Babbel, language for life. But yeah, I, I, I want to talk to you off uh, air about some stuff. But, uh, but so wait, here's my question. So you get, you know, you, you booked the movie probably like what, a month ago, two months ago? Yeah. The new one. And then, and then, you know, you're going up there to Vancouver. Do you start getting on your computer and going like, I need to find some activities to do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. And I also just start asking people that I know from, cause you know, you know how you collect friends all over the, the yeah. world at, at some point. It's really easy, but also Vancouver is just, I mean, you're in, you're at a, you can ski 20 minutes out of the city. You know, they've got like a, you know, skiing like that close. It's so nice. And it's just beautiful. And also they just have like a park here in town. I, I can't even think of the name of it right now, but ride your bike around that. You could get lost for days. Really? And so and when it's do just you, in Vancouver, when do you start shooting? Tomorrow I go do wardrobe. I start next week, I think. So what's the process of that? So you, you go, you show up, you do 10 days or what it was 14 days, 14. Or, yeah. And then, and then, you, and then it's what, like another technically 14 days you do rehearsals and stuff. Um, I've done some rehearsals on, on the, uh, phone on zoom. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, do rehearsals, rehearsals there. I shot something else in the summer and you know, it's like you're wearing a, a mask until they say action pretty much somebody comes up and grabs it. You're doing mouthwash the whole time you're doing, you know, checking temperatures. It's, wow. it just adds a really not fun element to an already stressful, you know, like, cause the actor, it sounds dumb, but there's so many things that are happening to you before you get on camera. There's a sound guy that's in your fucking face, like fixing a thing and then talk and then, nope, that's not right. Let me get under your shirt. You mind taking your shirt off actually? And we're going to run this down your pant leg. And you're just like, okay, I got to be on in like two minutes and this is stressing me out. <laughs> but now they're like, and now you got to drink this thing, wear a mask the whole fucking time and keep a distance and a face guard. And like, just like, oh God. Holy right. crap. And so, so do, is it the first time you start acting with someone is when, like you're taking your mask off. That's the first time you're really like you haven't, is it, is it almost like having sex with someone where you haven't kissed them yet? I mean, I wish that was something I've done, but I, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't married long enough. <laughs> you know, it's the, uh, it's, I mean, you know, I, I, as far as acting, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I'm just really trying to look like I'm slightly aware and not dumb, but I'm sure for real actors, that's what it feels like for me. It's like, I mean, they could not be there and I'll probably give the same performance. And Who then, and, and then, and then when the movie comes out, like your, your new movie, do you watch it? I watch this one, the, this one that's out right now. I, I, I do like to watch them. Um, I like it, especially if it's like, like I was on this this series called Love Life that's on HBO that I get to do like these couple episodes of where I play just a really asshole kind of a guy. And it was really fun. And it was with Anna Kendrick, which was really fun because her acting level is just like, you know, I it, it was it blew my mind working with her. She's next level. I really wanted to watch that. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's next level. She really is good. Like, I mean, she's like, is it like there's a, I'm sure the answer you can't answer. I know, I know what you, you have to say, even if it's true, but is she like a robot? Like, like she fucking kills it on so many levels that I go, 
there's no way someone's got all that shit together. Like I'm a fucking mess. She's hilarious on Twitter. Fucking mm-hmm. hilarious on Twitter. She can sing. She can dance. She oh yeah, the singing act. is insane. She's so good at it. She's a I'm dude. I, I did the trouble feature with uh like where we watched all all the uh, Pitch Perfects. Me and my daughters and oh all yeah, in a movie theater. We watched. Well, I spent a whole day in a movie theater watching them. I know how good good that woman is. Is she like cool to yeah. be around? Yeah, I mean, she was also producing the show. I mean, so she was really kind of getting pulled at all angles, but you she did not she was really good about not um you know because i think a lot of people do that and then they don't connect with the actors because they're producing and trying to figure stuff out and she connected it was great we had lunches together and really she made me feel good and at home and she was complimentary which you know it can be intimidating working with somebody so they're actually giving on top of you know that it was great and there you know there was a lot of awkward there's a lot of sex scenes so we had to do like a lot of had to you know do a lot of that which that can be awkward and it wasn't it was nice it was easy real yeah yeah you know it was very business-like just totally like and cut cool so what are we doing on lunch you know like naked they're giving my shirt my pants and i'm like (laughs) like, were you totally naked or did you have a sock on your dick um no they never had me like Actually, no, I was naked once because they have a shot of my ass in it, but um, of me lying on the bed. But no, I, I had underwear on and they just cheated the shots and like pulled it down enough. Yeah. What's the movie? What's the movie role you want to do? Like, you're like, oh, you know what I'd love? I would love for someone in Hollywood to be like, Nick is the next John Wick. Oh. No, Fletch. Like, oh. I'm, I'm writing something right now where it's this this guy that's, you know, like not, a, you know, like just an investigative guy that is kind of near, like, I want to narrate the movie and have it, you know, like, like, I just love that about Fletch, that Chevy Chase's voice is narrating and he's like, you know, and the thing I love about that movie too, is this is the way they made comedies back then. He's the only comedic actor in the movie. There, everyone else is just an actor, which is great. Not just, but everyone else is like real actors. So no one's like, it's not like, oh, here's a wacky coffee shop scene where the barista is funny. It's like, no, everybody's normal. And they don't, they're not trying to score comedically in scenes. They're just trying to act. And then Chevy Chase can bounce off of all that. And I feel like that's really lost these days. Just there's so many people that you, they just try and let's get this person in, this person in. And this, then the barista is funny now. And the waitress is going to, her shirt's going to pop off. And, you know, oh, it's like. That is like a mind-blowing thought because you're right. In real life, when we interact with people, quite often, I am the funniest person. I'm the only mm-hmm. one trying to be funny. You know, my whole interaction this morning, I am I am the only one laughing at this. And I'm the only mm-hmm. one, like, making people. It, it, the, and in every movie, it's like, how often do you run into a wacky pharmacist who's like, who's like I'm going yeah. tit for tat with you, motherfucker. And mm-hmm. you're like, that never happens. No, no. And it, and it kind of takes away from the, the steam of the movie too, because it's like, why do we have to have that whole interaction with the barista that didn't add to the plot and didn't add to the character of this guy that we're really supposed to be invested in? You know, God, when do you think that happened that they shifted movies where everyone is like, everyone's going for the laugh? I mean, cause like talking about, about like lethal weapon, you know, like, you know, like, Oh, lethal weapon. Yeah. 
you know, I just watched um, that. I just watched that the other night. Yeah, I did too. I, I love was, that movie. I dude, I love that movie. And then the Eddie Murphy ones that are like the best. Um, um, fuck, where he's a Detroit cop and he comes Beverly to LA. Yeah, Be- yeah. Oh, those are so good. And that's just focused around. A, I mean, that, here's why that's hard to do because no one is Eddie Murphy. I mean, I was about to say 48 hours did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 48 hours was a serious fucking cop mystery that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And no one does that. No one just puts all their chips on one guy and they're like, let, let's let, let, like it would be in real life, let's let this person be hilarious. Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. God, what I'm telling you, man. I was, I mean, so every, you know, Courtney Cox, like every actor in that's an actor. Yeah. You know what they did in, in um, the, um, um, shit, the MacGyver movie, MacGruber? They have, you know, they have like really funny people in that, but then they have Ryan Felipe, who's an actor, and they have Val Kilmer, who's great, you know, and also like so good at committing that it's funny when he's, you know, his name's Cunt in it, you know, like it. And you watch that and you're like, oh, it's great because now MacGruber is, yes, he is nuts. And he's so fun to watch around these straight people. Yeah. Just- is that, I always get him and the other one mixed up. They're two guys that look alike that were on SNL at the same time. Will Forte and Bill Hader. Yeah, I always get them mixed up. Bill Hader. Uh-huh. Well, they're both hilarious, but Bill's Hader's in in MacGruber, right? No, that's Will Forte. Fuck. Will yeah. Forte is fucking hilarious. They're both fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, there's it's insane. Those the, the depth on those guys is just crazy. Will Forte, man. I remember one time at South by Southwest, I was walking out of a show or something, and this. RV pulls up and the door opens and it's Will Hader. And he's like holding a microphone, singing a Bruce Springsteen song. And he's like, come on in. And I just hopped into this karaoke RV that was being run by, by Bill Hader. And it was maybe one of the best nights of, I, I could ever remember to be honest. I got to see, I got to see, I want to, I'm going to pull up. Hey, Paulson, pull up a picture of Bill Hader and Will Forte. Will Hader. And no, that, that was Will Forte that pulled up with the Will, Will Forte. <laughs> God damn it. And the They're karaoke. Like, they're yeah. like the uh, who were the two actors that uh, that everyone used to confuse um, Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Oh yeah, it's Bills. It's Wills. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Austin, and one of them who who died? Bill Pullman, Paxton. So, so that's yeah. There they so are, wait, side okay, by side. Okay. God damn it! They don't even look that much alike, but I fucking mix them up constantly. And Bill, you know, Bill Hader is more of a character, like just, you know, he can just chameleon into anything. And then Will Forte is just maybe one of the funniest people that exist. I mean, Will Forte is, Will Forte is fucking awesome. Dude, MacGruber was a goddamn <laughs> funny fucking movie. Oh God, I love that movie. I guess it's, it's good it's, to be confused with someone who's also hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many jobs, it's like when Bill Murray took the Garfield job and he thought, just that uh, the eat the Collins were doing it, but he found out it was just some other guy named Cullen, and he still had to do Garfield. <laughs> it's like I wonder how many jobs they've accidentally slipped into, thinking they were the other one. You know, that was the big story about Dane, is that Dane got. I mean, this I don't know if this is true or not. I'd be, I'm curious to ask Dane, but the rumor was that he he got like a big development deal, and then he signs with ICM, and then he gets they get a call, and they're like straight offer we want him to do simon says and with dennis rodman and and everyone's like 
uh, okay. And they fucking turn it around, close the deal quick. And then they call mm-hmm. Daniel, like, you're doing a movie with Dennis Rodman. And he's like, shut the fuck up. And then uh, he shows up and they're like, wait, this isn't the right guy. And they're like, what? And they're like, this is who we wanted. And they're like, no, you said this. And they went, oh my God, we mixed him up. We wanted the other guy. And they're like, well, you got that guy. And he's a comedian and he's going to kill it. I don't know if that's true, but I remember hearing that. And I was like, I was like, fucking get me one of those roles. <laughs> I mean, the contract's done. You're still getting paid at yeah. that point. And you're doing a major motion picture. Did he do that movie? He did. Simon Says with Dennis Rodman. Him and Dennis Rodman did a movie. Wow. Yeah. God, to be a fly on the wall for that. Dennis Rodman, I love that. I love his part of the story of the um, the the Michael Jordan documentaries. Just so fascinating. Right? Like, they were just like, yeah, take some time off. Go to Vegas. <laughs> you got to let Dennis be Dennis. I always wanted people to think that. Of, I always wanted to have, my heroes were like the guys like that. Like uh, the guys that were wild childs, like the Belushis and the Farleys. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think as I started morphing, maybe like leaning towards that, you realize, oh, now I understand why they're dead. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of what, what was really upsetting Chris Farley. <laughs> when, yeah. he's, when he's like, oh, people just see me as a fat drunk. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't under, people don't recognize me with a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. yeah people go, so, so you're the, like, uh, I, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the name and then you'll, I will just have Calston bleep it out. Texted me the other day and she goes, I just want you to know, I got a call from David Letterman and we were just talking and in the middle, he was like, Hey, uh, do you know why Bert takes his shirt off? <laughs> and she was, and she was like, no. And he goes, I can't figure it out. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't need to. He's really funny. And she was like, I thought I'd let you know that, you know, David Letterman brought you up. And I was like, I was like fucking through the roof. And then I'm like, I'm like two things. I go, I got to start putting my shirt on. And then I was like, wait, would David Letterman know who I am if I, my shirt was on? Like, yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I, what I like, I, and I was like, fuck it. It stays off forever. I mean, that's amazing. That's the, the thought of David Letterman just casually bringing up my name in a conversation would probably make, I'd, ha- I'd have to, I'd have to put that on my credits. Uh, I have a video. You know him from uh, a phone call where David Letterman mentions his name. You know him from a phone call. <laughs> You might know this next guy from a random text. Sarah Silverman sent David to send him. Um, dude, there's a comedian. I'm not going to say his name. I mean, uh, I don't want to say his name, but he had a website. Like this was like back when, you know, we're like doing the improv and redheaded guy. At all I know. Who, I already know who we we're talking. By the way, I already knew who we were talking about when you started this. Keep going. And he had a quotes page on his website. And one of the quotes on the page was, great set, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> like, like, in, like, you know that was in passing, didn't see his set walking on a stage after he introduced them. Great set, Jerry oh, Seinfeld. I was sitting next to Patrice O'Neill in, 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 in New York when I first started. And there's a guy, I, I, I couldn't, I think I know who the guy is, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you with 100% certainty, but I almost know who this is. And his credits were, he has worked, he's open for Adam Sandler. And I was so impressed with that credit. I was mm-hmm. so impressed with that credit. And I remember 
they brought as they were bringing him up, Patrice was sitting next to me and was like, what a stupid fucking credit. He goes, that he didn't earn that. Like just starts destroying him. And I was like, oh, I was the, I was on the other side of the fence going, God, I wish one day I can open for Adam Sandler. I mean, there's another comedian that would have his, you know, he was like one small character and like 10 things I hate about you. I know you know, I know this guy too, Nick. <laughs> these guys. And his intro was like this guy from 10 things I hate about you, you know, and it's like, dude. Oh, <laughs> I whenever people ask me about credits, I'm like, just say I'm 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 a professional, you know, just let them know they can relax for the next 15 minutes. Oh. And like, I don't know what to say and I don't care who cares. I said, uh, I brought, I had so, I used to fuck up intros so bad. I brought up, I want to say it was Alan Havy. I'm not, I don't think it was Alan Havy. What's it? Rick, uh, Rick Duke, not Overton. Oh, Rick Overton. I brought up Rick Overton one time. I think, Mm -hmm. I think Alan Havy went to Florida State. I brought up Rick Overton one time. And I, and by the way, I'm a young comic and he is a well accomplished comic. And I go over Mm -hmm. and I said, uh, Hey, I'm Bert. Uh, are you Rick? And he goes, I am. And I said, uh, I said, hey, what do you want me to say about you, like coming on stage? And he goes, oh, just my credits. And I go, yeah, I, I don't know what those are. And he was like, how about Emmy nominated, Emmy award winning writer for whatever? And I was like, he goes, is that too much to ask? And I was like, sure. And so I went and brought him up and I was like, this <laughs> next guy is an Emmy award winning writer. <laughs> The best one, the best one ever, the best one ever. Okay, I once again, I don't know how real this is. Like you know, folklore and comedy. The better the story, you just mm-hmm. fucking let it get better. Don't ignore the truth. I just want to laugh. The mm-hmm. best one ever was, like I said, I don't know how accurate this is. This guy Lewis Schaefer used to work the Boston Comedy Club in New York, and Judy Gold shows up. I love Judy Gold. I love Judy Gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah, me too. This is not going to turn out good for her, this story, but I love Judy Gold. So, <laughs> so I'd be curious to know who Judy, who Judy, who really happened with this. But I, I, Louis Schaefer is how I heard it. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and, and he's like, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you want me to say about you? And she's like, first of all, don't say anything about me being a woman and don't say anything about my height. And he goes, okay. And she goes, hey, did you fucking get that? Because he's ignoring her a little bit. And he goes, what? She goes, I said, whatever the fuck you do, don't say anything about my fucking height. And he goes, not even like a joke. And she goes, nothing about my height. (laughs) So he goes up on stage and he goes, what can I say about this next woman other than fee fi fo fum? (laughs) (laughs) And I love Judy Gold. I love Judy Gold. But God damn, that fee fi <laughs> I would and love for Judy to tell me the, how that really happened because it's funny. It's like you can, you know, you can like a comic and then and enjoy them getting shit on at times. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's like and I, I just certain times you just still get a kick out of it. I remember Mike Epps one time. Uh, this is all fucking gossip now. I should probably shouldn't even tell. We should just switch subjects. You know what I love is that I got, I did a corporate gig and they were like, Hey, we want you to roast the executives. Mm-hmm. And they give me like four pictures of these executives. It was for a holiday party. And it's like, this is Dan. He's a total numbers guy. 
like these are all the like the fodder they gave me to write roast and you know people like don't know me as a roast comic at all yeah um so i'm like looking at this and then i and then i realized under all like oh you went to k you went to kansas university don't bring up the hawkeyes you know whatever and i'm like oh my god so i get this you know it's just these four white guys that are in their late 20s that started a company that's working and i look under that and it says do not bring up uh sex gender politics like it just goes into everything so my first joke was um they asked me to you know roast the guys and you know i'm i'm, I'm excited and they gave me a list of things that i'm not supposed to touch you know and you know sex and, and gender and you know obviously those were two things that weren't discussed when choosing the executives of this company <laughs> um and and all i have on my screen are four white executives that are looking at me these four white guys and they're just looking at me like god damn it and then i, I go on instagram after this thing and like my first i had so many messages you never get messages from corporate gigs like yeah. ever first one is this black dude with a fist it says, thanks for saying it. And I was like, oh, God. And it was just like, I hope you got paid, man. They were not happy. Because the other thing You're they paid. said is, they go, oh, this Dan guy, he always leaves the meetings to go pee. Like, that was the thing. So my roast for him was like, um, you know, we all know about Dan and, the, you know, headed to the bathroom in the middle of a meeting. And I'm so sorry. It's so apologetic. And that's what we love about him. But, you know, I wanted to know more about where this came from. So I called up Gloria, Dan's mom. <laughs> and, and I, and she wouldn't give me any dirt. I mean, what talk about a proud mother and, you know, she's just so proud that he's had 47 dry nights in a row <laughs> and we're going for 50. And if he gets it, we're going to get, we're going to get rid of the rubber sheets. And, and we're so proud of him. And he just again, Dan's in the corner, just like, Oh no. And I go, if everybody could send maybe a company wide email right now, just congratulating Dan on 47 dry nights. Just oh my god! But, I, you know, introductions are great though. It's, I, I I wanted to get this one in with Richard Lewis. I was opening for him in uh, Tampa, I think, or something. And his whole thing was, I don't. I'm not at the club. I'm on the club when I'm on stage. So I'm at my hotel. There's a driver outside. When it's five or ten minutes before I go on stage, I get in the car. I go. They bring me into the kitchen. I walk on stage. I walk out into the car, and I go back to the hotel. And, that's every set. I'm a new feature act. I don't know a lot, you know, they're not, and they're only lighting with a candle in the back. Like the guy's lifting up a candle or something. And so that's stressful for me because it's like, so he's back there. Like we know for sure, you know? And so I'm doing a set and I'm not getting the candle. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, obviously something happened. They got in a car accident, you know, whatever, bad traffic, who knows? So I'm going, I'm stretching it in 20 minutes set into 40 minutes at this point. And then I just see a candle just waving in the back, just sporadically. And I get off stage and they were like, what the fuck? And they go, Richard Lewis was literally pacing in the kitchen yelling, get that fucking gigolo off the stage right now. Gigolo. And I'm stretching material that I don't even know what I'm doing. And, and then I go, he go, and then I realized that the manager never lit me. He just like, he, he just never come in to do it. So I was never lit. And, Richard got notified about that. And the next day he like came in, he's like, tell him I want to talk to him before I come on stage. So I introduce him and then I walk into the. Hey, when I opened for, you know, Robert Klein, I got off on 20 minutes every time, didn't need a light, but I heard there was a mistake. So 
I understand. And he walked out and I'm like, well, that's the one interaction we had all weekend. <laughs> oh my God. Very, very interesting. Those I don't guys, know if you've ever done stand up with him. No, I haven't. I did the only I, I did stand up with some of those uh some of those guys that were a little like older. Like I did it with Kevin Pollock one time. And mm-hmm. uh and and it was actually one of the more pleasant exchanges I've ever had. I, I got I got I go up first show and I fucking murder, I rip it dirty as fuck. Hey, ever jack off in a whatever I did, right? Kills. Mm-hmm ever put a toothbrush on your balls and then you put it back and you're like fuck you bitch this is my party now whatever i don't know what i did <laughs> just so, off the top of my head probably yeah. the toothbrush bit <laughs> i i had a great closer uh toothbrush on the balls closer so um uh it's your house and i brought my balls and so so uh i get off stage and i'm upstairs and the manager's like hey uh uh, uh he, he's kevin pollock's not really happy with your set and i was like really he was like, he, uh, he was, he was up there and it was, it was, it, it, he was pacing it. He didn't enjoy it. And he's, he's like, they've requested that you guys, that we bring up two vodka tonics or vodka sodas. He'd like to have a conversation with you in between shows. And I was like, fuck, fuck. So I, I murder one immediately and then send down for my other one. So we so we're, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm now have a brand new one and I've already killed one. He's got one and he comes in. And he goes, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. He goes, no, he goes, you're very funny. It's just not, it's not what I enjoy. And he sits down and he goes, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just explain something to you. I don't know who you are. And I said, okay. And he goes, and they don't know who you are either. I said, okay. And he goes, and the management, when you leave, they're probably not going to know who you are. He goes, but this is my crowd. And if you want me to watch your sets, I'll watch your sets. You can fail all weekend. I don't care. You won't get fired, but I don't want to follow that shit. So he said, so try new material, try clean material, and I'll give you notes all weekend, but I can't watch that again. And I was like, I was like, okay. It was like really like a, and so I went down the next show and I, 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 I crammed anything clean I had in. I went, worked all clean and I tried and I, didn't do any crowd work. And I was like, and I got done and he came up and he's like, all right, here's what I like. And then also we had a great fucking weekend. Like all every, every time we get a vodka soda mm-hmm. and we talk about comedy and it was like, it was like a realization of like, is that first time that you realized, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow him off stage and then they're going to switch it. And then that'll, that's how my career is going to take off. Mm-hmm. I remember Atel saying very shortly after that, Atel saying the exact same thing to me, almost verbatim is like, is like, Hey, you're not getting fired if you bomb. Like, don't try to kill. Just go up there and write new material. This is the only time in your life you're going to be able to do new material, and you're not going to get fired. He goes, when you get to my level, you can't just go out with nothing. But now you can go out with nothing. And if you bomb, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, oh, good call. And I started, and then from that moment on, I never I never featured again ever trying to kill. And it was like the greatest advice I ever got. I, can't, I don't that- think I'm too many cunts, though. What's that? I'm trying to think of like rough ones. Uh, I, I, I really didn't. I featured for Billy Gardell twice. Yeah. Which was amazing. I mean, that guy taught me something. Uh, he comes off. He, I come off stage. He's like, I want to talk to you after the show. I come back and he goes, listen, he goes, your, your jokes are, are funny. They're unique and they're interesting. He goes, but you're just delivering them all wrong. <laughs> and he goes, 
because I noticed about his set, the guy's got people belly laughing within four minutes. I mean, just oh. keeled over. I mean, just yeah. one of the strongest comedians I've ever seen. And he goes, what I do is I break the audience into thirds. I got the middle. I got over here. I got over here. And I deliver my jokes in thirds. Start this joke here, middle part, end. Start, middle part, end. Start, middle part, end. I just spray it. I'm delivering the middles and the ends and the beginnings at different thirds. And within four minutes, the audience is just engulfed in flames. Like it's just a fucking fire that's had too much wind on it. And there's no turning it off at this point, you know? And first show I did that, the next show, it just changed everything for me. I was like, oh, you know, and so having, having a headliner that doesn't care if you kill or do good, that, that was like something, cause I I've had people that go up and they kill and they just, they're not good. And that's kind of sucks, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. It, I think it, that's what it, Kevin it, Pollock was saying to me. He was like, Hey man, you're act. This is horrible. Like I can't sit and watch this. It's you're talking mm-hmm. about your balls and your dick, which is, Hey man, you want to earn yourself 22 years in the business and then do that. Sure. Have it. But if fucking yeah. four years in, five years in, this is where you are. There's nowhere up from here. Yeah. And if somebody goes up in front of you and is really good, oh man, that just makes the show better. Even yeah. if they don't kill, if they're interesting and they're and they're thoughtful and they're polite, you know, like, because, you know, I tell them like, don't talk, the audience is not yours. Don't go out there and make buddies with them. You know, go out there and present your material. And yeah. then- you know, and when I get people that are crowd work guys, I'm just like, stop, dude, just don't. That's my go-to. If, if things, if things go wrong somehow, I need to be able to go into that crowd. Yeah. And if you've done it, then it's already ruined, you know, like, which I don't, I, I, I do like talking to the crowd, but I don't do it very often. If you're a contact lens wearer, you know, ordering contacts can be an outright hassle. Well, now you can order your contacts without even leaving the house. It's super easy to do with 1-800-CONTACTS. 1-800-CONTACTS has been delivering contact lenses for 25 years. And they have your contacts in stock, even if you have a strong prescription or an astigmatism. I don't even really know what an astigmatism is. I wonder if I've got one and I don't even know it. I wonder how many people, never mind. With 25 years in business, they've been getting contact lenses incredibly fast and easy. And they've made getting getting contact lenses incredibly fast and easy as well. They even have a way to renew your prescription online if it's expired and it's worth remembering that if you're ordering now you can use your flex betting account or vision insurance benefits before they expire you can even renew your prescription online in just 10 minutes it could not be simpler they also have 24 7 award-winning customer support if you ever have any questions (laughs) and they're best I am giggling like a schoolboy in this read. I'm so sorry. And the best guarantee means that if you find your contacts at a lower price anywhere, they'll beat it. They've got your contacts in stock. Trust me, they've been doing this for over 25 years. So let 1-800-CONTACTS get you the contact lenses you need. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Or you can just call 1-800-CONTACTS. That's 1-800-266-8228. You are unique, and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and answer your questions. And on top of all of that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you just started investing and want some reassurance from an expert 
that you're doing things right. Maybe now you're self-employed and you need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes so you can focus on what matters the most, no matter what your situation is. TurboTax Live experts can answer specific questions, walk you through the process, review your return before you file, and even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you the confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. And I, I, I really, yeah. I, and if, if things are going sideways, I, I mean, I haven't fucking, I feel like I haven't done stand up in so long. It's so weird to talk about. Like, I go, I go, I don't go into the crowd. And I'm like, because they're in a car. What am I talking about going into the crowd? I'm like, I haven't done because they're a quarter of a mile away from me. <laughs> Doing car work. <laughs> so, uh, but fucking, uh, yeah. Look at this guy's headlights. <laughs> Boss did that. Boss did that and started lighting up people on their cars. He did Colin Quinn special. And he's like, look at that Corolla. And just, and you know, the way Boss's brain works is that, yeah, I, I think, I think I've been, I never really called anyone out when I worked with people, people that would do that. I never called them out. I just wrote them off in my head and then never spoke to them again. Like I, mm-hmm. I, when I should have, I should have done the thing where like what a man does, where you pull them aside and go, Hey man, here's what's going on. And then you explain how the business works. But I just would be like, there are a couple of guys. Where I was like, fuck that guy. Fucking doing p- merch pitches. Oh and- my God. Oh, God. You know what I also can't stand, and I've gotten very vocal about this, is their assessment of the crowd. Like, they're off stage, the host goes on, they walk back, there's just a minimal interaction, if I allow that even. I'll sometimes just go out in the crowd and come through there because I don't want to fucking see them. Yeah. You know, not that I, unless they're my friend that I brought, you know, like sometimes when you just get thrown somebody, but they're like little tight. And I want to be like, hey, listen, um, your idea of what that crowd is means zero to me. So don't try and explain to me who they are because I'm going to get them. I don't sometimes miss, you know, like it's going to work. Sometimes miss. You want to hear, you want to hear a great one. You want to hear This is one of my favorites. So this is, I get offered a deal to headline. It was five fucking grand. I got paid five grand. This is like back when, like, I remember I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting a thousand dollars to headline. I got five grand to headline a club. It was like right on the corner. of So right on the cusp of Soho and mm-hmm. I forget what it was called, but, uh, but it was in New York and they did full weekends. And so I get there, I get in the green room, seven show weekend. Yeah. Seven show weekend. I get in the green room and Jessica Curson is in the green room and I was, and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm like, hey, talking to her. And Joe DeRosa rolls in just a little late. He's hosting. And Joe DeRosa just says, hi to everyone. Hi to everyone. Goes out on stage, hosts. And it's, it's, it is whatever it is. It's, it's a little slow. It's not packed. And, mm-hmm. and I'm listening. And I'm like, okay, we got to do a little work. And he walks off. He brings off Jessica. She leaves. He comes in. And he sits down. He has a drink. He goes, you ever seen Jessica work? And I go, no. She hasn't told her first joke yet. And he goes, oh, you got a long weekend. And I went, what? And all of a sudden I hear thunder and he goes, this is going to be a tough one, Bert. And I went, who the fuck is she? And he was like, she brings it every time <laughs> he did mediocre. Yeah. I did horrible, but she fucking destroyed. But his just the joy he had to tell me, like, sit down. You ever see her work? I go, no, he goes, it's going to be a long weekend. <laughs> 
<laughs> and immediately you're thinking, oh, it's going to be bad, huh? Yeah. And I hear thunder, <laughs> thunder coming from the room. And I'm like, motherfucker. Oh, God. Yeah. There's somebody that I had. God, like he's Vegas, his name. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. Um, but he's open for Kinane too. Yeah. And uh, I, Kinane texts me while, like before the show. He's like, hey, good luck, man. I haven't felt insecure doing stand-up in a long time, but you're going to after you watch his set. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> fuck. And I went out and he just crushed Sam. Sam something out of Vegas. Anyway, Sam Talent is his name. Oh, He's, I know Sam Talent. Have you read Sam Talent's yeah. book? No, I haven't yet. I want to check it out. Dude, you got to read it while you're in, while you're up there. It is the best book written about stand-up comedy. Like the, I got to hear it. Yeah. Sam is so, I mean, dude, the guy is, he, it's insane. He is his pure size too. Like he's my size, but also your size. Dude, he, his book, his book is so fucking good. Holston, what's the name of his book? It's, uh, the, the, Type in Sam Talent's book. It is, dude, it's one of the best. It's I'm not one of the best. It is the best book about doing stand-up comedy on the road that I've ever read. In Running the Light. Running the Light. It is. Yeah, I saw that he had a book. I got to watch that. Oh, it is. I think he I got to watch that book. I think he did Marin. I got to watch that book. I. It is. You should listen to it. I, I ended up reading a chapter for it. Oh, you He's did? Audio book. I read a chapter. Um. I think Kanane read a chapter. I think Stanhope read a chapter. All guys at party read a chapter, but you will really appreciate it because the yeah. lead in there has all our all the bad tendencies. It is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's I mean, that guy, he's good. And he also he like he moved to Vegas because his wife was going into school. Like he's just, you know, he he actually does life really well alongside doing stand-up. He's not pressuring himself to be out in LA and you know. He shot me a text the other day. I don't know, maybe I'm spoiler alerting everything, but he was like, he was like, Hey man, thanks for talking up my book so much. Cause I, I, I Stanhope sent me a book and mm -hmm. was like, this is the best book ever written about comedy. And I read it immediately. And I was in quarantine when I was reading it for a, t a game show that I was doing, I was in quarantine. I read it and I'm like, motherfucker. And then I can't stop talking about it to everyone. And then I have him on the podcast. And then, and then I mean, I'm talking about it. I talked about it, my managers about it, my agents. I sent, copies to everyone that i knew and then mm -hmm. he texted me he's except like me. He, except you and yeah. he's like dude he goes i'm i'm doing marin today and, he, and i was like for real and he was like dude this is like a big deal for me like th you know thanks for all the support or whatever i was like it's it, and it goes back to exactly what you said when someone's good all you're gonna do here is people talk about how great they're that i mean i know for a fact i did that uh, 100% with you when I first saw you do stand up I was like this guy's fucking amazing I don't think I, I, I said that to everyone everyone I ran into I was like have you seen Nick Thune I was like he's fucking talented and that's the truth Tommy Jonigan, one you. of the most fucking talented oh god yeah fucking Nate Bargatze there are so many people where you go oh this guy's this need more people need to know about that as opposed to no one's talking about the guy that brings the thunder, fucks the stool. By the way, I think I'm talking about me brings the thunder, fucks the stool and makes it hard to follow because he's shirtless and drunk. I am talking about me now, but <laughs> yeah, it's true though. I mean, those are the guys that people want on the road, you know, like Shane Torres, like all these guys yeah. that good people light sm smart you know thoughtful and funny 
Yeah, I worked with Billy Gardell. We did the Jameson comedy tour. And the first show we did was in Cincinnati. And I come into the green room. This is back when Billy was drinking. And he's, mm-hmm. has, he's like a, a Budweiser, maybe a Jameson and a, and a cigarette. And he's sitting in the green room. And, and I have not met him. And, but I know he's a murderer and that he closes all the shows. So I go back and he goes, I go, hey, Billy, I'm Bert. And he was like, yeah, I know who you are. And he goes, uh, you're going last. I went, hey, Billy, I don't, I don't think I can follow you. And he goes, takes a pull of a cigarette, kills his drink. He goes, I'm not going to spend the week following your Yosemite Sam shit. You got that? <laughs> I go, I go, what? And he goes, you did take the shirt off, guns ablaze, and whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm not going to uh, have a long week because you like to get wild on stage. And I go, okay. So then the first night, First night we do it, he goes, don't worry, I'm going to pump the brakes at the end. And I go, all right. So Billy goes up and just fucking destroys. I mean, destroys. And I'm in the back corner. This is the old Cincinnati funny bone. I'm in the back Mm. left corner. And he's going, and I'm going, when's he going to pump the brakes? Like, it sounds like he's getting a standing ovation. Like, do do they know another comic's going up? And he does not pump the brakes. It slides wildly out of control. And he gets off stage. He comes up and he goes, I'm sorry, hotshot. I had a hard time. I got a little, got a little away from me. He's like, you're going to be fine. So I'm like, all right, real Yosemite Sam. So I go up on stage, fucking music kicks on shirt comes off. Uh, fucking I'm, I'm sure I'm dancing at black, a black chick with uh big hair is in the front. She starts dancing uh, a waitress there, waitress there. She starts mm-hmm. dancing. Great. I do a great interaction with her. I, we're, I'm popping off jokes. We're going a little interaction with this waitress. I said, you are talented. She goes, you haven't even heard me sing. Crowds like this. Whoa, shit, she can sing? I go, come on up here and sing. She sings God Bless America in the mic. The fucking crowd is losing it. Billy comes on stage. Steve Byrne comes on stage. Michael Loftus comes on stage. And they all bring a shot. I'm dancing. My pants are now around my ankles. A boot's <laughs> over my dick. I do a shot. Oh, my God. And Billy Gardell fucking grabs the mic. We are the Jameson Comedy Tour. Fucking rooms vibrating. Rooms vibrating. Puts it in the mic stand. Gives me a hug. And he goes, you got 15 more minutes, fuck boy. And he walks. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I bombed so hard, Nick. I couldn't follow oh it. I was, just like, I was like, anyone ever put a toothbrush on their balls? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Dude. Billy came to see me perform in, in um, God, Grand Rapids. There was a festival going on there. I think the Gilda Radner Festival. And, and me and Brody were co-headlining a show at this, this place called the Pyramid Scheme. And Brody, the first night, comes out and he, you know, he goes before me and he's doing drums. He's doing the whole thing. And I go, listen, man, you're closing the shows. Like, I... You, you bring the audience down to like, they think you're bombing to then where they're like on your side. So then where you're not even trying and you're playing dr- like, I can't, there's too much emotions there. I, I just yeah. want the crowd that <laughs> Billy came. I remember Billy came out and he was like, that was a good call. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's oh so- Brody, man. That guy, I've seen that guy in Dublin one time, just eat shit for a half hour. I was sitting with Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. We were sitting in the back watching it and we've never laughed harder in our lives. I mean, he's doing receipted jokes in fucking Dublin. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. And just like, what country code is that? Oh my God, man. Just hard walking around the crowd using his voice. You know how he would do. (laughs) 
he was so great. He was so fun to watch. Ari and I one time, Ari, we were at the we were at UCB. I don't I don't know why, but we were at UCB. I think we were probably doing some podcast there. We weren't doing spots. And Ari grabbed me and Brody was going on. And he was like, let's go watch Brody. And he stood in that like underneath the stands over to the left, kind of. And we kind of just hunt hun- and he owned that crowd from the second he got on stage and then forced them not to like him. Yeah. I've, yeah. Classic Brody move. Explain to them that they were dialed in to like him and he didn't want that. He wanted them to respect him. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a, and Ari and I are looking at each other going like, he was so dialed into his game at that point where you were like, and fucking high leg kicks and, and. Oh, Jesus. I thought I actually thought about him because we used to he lived right next to me. I saw him all the time and I thought about him turning the street. And I was like, God, man, I wonder what he would have been like on pandemic. I bet this would have been tough for. Him. Oh, my God. It could have. But he could have also really thrived. You know, he might have been was so good guys. at like monitoring him just going down the street. I mean, he you know, I flew him up to Portland to open up for my uh, last special. And it was like it meant a lot. I mean, I was like, you know what? I want this. I want Brody his fingerprints on this, you know, like I just love, and my opener also is obsessed with them. And yeah. Oh, so my daughter, sad. My daughters, my daughters knew him and have not seen his stand up yet. I should show them his stand up. Yeah. He was always at Starbucks right by our house. And so we would, I, you know, anytime you, you ever saw Brody, it was always uh Bert Kreischer uh, plays baseball recruited by Duke chose the Citadel oh no, chose Florida state to walk on one day. Bert Kreischer, <laughs> uh, and 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 if you saw my daughters, Isla Kreischer, large part of Bert's act, wouldn't have an act without his daughters. Beautiful family, like and so. My, we were walking down the street across the street one day, and they see Brody, and just I mean, in rote, Georgia just goes Brody Stevens. <laughs> And I go, Georgia, how do you know? She goes, Dad, we see him all the time, all the time, all the time. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, he was just walking, walking around oh, with a fucking. Walking. I remember one time I'm walking out with Jimmy Tingle. I'm walking out with Jimmy Tingle <laughs> from Boston. And I'm walking out and Brody's just coming, just walking down the street. And he goes, Bert Kreischer sitting with Jimmy Tingle, Boston legend, and starts giving him his credit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, did you, were you at the memorial? Yeah. Well, oh God, that was fucking hilarious. I mean, yes, it was sad, but it was Jeff fun. Ross. God, remember that? What he what he said? What I forgot when, what he said. When. So Zach, you know, Zach goes up in the beginning and does a very emotional and funny and sweet kind of you know thing. Yeah. And then one of Brody's old coaches comes up. That guy's son comes up. Another guy he played college ball with comes up. So you know, right in a row, you got three like family members slash best friends, and then. Jeff Ross comes out and he goes, uh, after watching Brody's friends talk, I know why he killed himself. <laughs> and these are people that aren't in comedy. So everyone in that, it's a little fucking laugh factory main stage. I mean, everyone in there is howling. And these people that had just spoke are sitting there like, huh? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I remember, I remember one of Brody's friends, I was backstage, I think, Maybe talking to Zach right before Zach went on, or maybe I was backstage at one point. I'm sure to get a drink or whatever was back there. And one of Brody's friends was on was like, 
was really bizarre, but he was like, I can't believe I'm going up at the store. You guys got any advice for me? And I was like, talk about Brody. I was like, Man, <laughs> yeah, do you have any, do you have any, use all your Brody material? Yeah, I do. I do. Mo- I do mostly Brody material. And <laughs> yeah, that was a night. That was fun. The best, the best one, the best one that night, my favorite one that night was, um, here are my two memories from that night. One is I walked in and I ran, I bumped into Zach. And Zach turned around. And he goes, Bert. And I went, what's up? He goes, Zach Alphanakis. And I, I started laughing. I just was like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, we all know. We all know Zach. But it, it's, it's, it is genuinely who he is, is this like fucking down to earth person who goes, I just think yeah. I lost weight. Maybe he didn't recognize the beard's gone. Um, and and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Gibbons murdered. Mm-hmm. Mike Gibbons told the story yeah. about selling the show. And he was like, he was like, you know, we're in a pitch meeting and Zach would just go, Brody, top five streets in Los Angeles. He's like, we'll start with Sepulveda. Like, <laughs> dude, that, yeah, Mike Gibbons killed. And, and uh, I remember the first time I saw you perform was at the improv and you followed Zach. Oh, I did? And I just, I met you back like off stage um, back in the, by the sound booth or whatever. And you were like, good God, I have to fucking follow like. He, dude, and then forget how what a savage he was on stage. Oh my god! And then Zach came back, and I sat with Zach while you were on, and I, you know, just I didn't know you guys. I was just like yeah. this guy that probably maybe my first time at the fucking improv, like, but it was just so crazy and fun and funny, and yeah, it was. I remember, I remember my wife. My wife came to the came to the improv one night, and on the show was. Zach and Daniel Tosh and she did. And I go, first of all, these are two of the funniest dudes in the world. In my opinion, she was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And so she goes and watches Daniel Tosh and Daniel Tosh is just making fun of me on stage. He's doing my act. He's Mm -hmm. doing, he's like, he goes up and he's like, uh, so my name's Bert. (laughs) I know you're thinking hot, sexy name. Like, no, just now I can't do, I have no material. And she's like, he's doing your jokes. I go, yeah, but he's not stealing them, baby. He's doing them so that I have no material now. And she was like, and he was just taking punchlines out of, because we had worked together, like, we had worked together, mm-hmm. like, a month earlier. And then Zach goes on stage, and she she goes, she's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And then Zach had two jokes that murdered her. The first one is, uh, you ever... You ever do, you ever, you ever do, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. But it's a ever, bit, just you ever is such a classic Zach opening to a joke, by the yeah. way, just like out of nowhere. You ever, you ever, uh, you ever ha- not do laundry for a while? Like I haven't done so laundry for so long. I got out of the shower. I dried off the shoe and, <laughs> and Leanne starts laughing and he goes, stop laughing. Stop laughing. Stop it. We've got to do something about this. George Bush, this administration needs to, we need to do something now. And he goes, I would do something, but I just bought a hammock. And I'm going to tell you, like, and, and all of a sudden, Leanne's crying, laughing. And she goes, I want to meet him. And I was like, oh, it's not the same. I was like, he's a regular person. Like, it's not, yeah. you're not going to be like, and she was like, what? And I was like, no, because I think she lived with me and she knew that who I am on stage is why I'm off stage. And then I walked out and I was like, Hey, Leon, this is Zach. And, she, and he's like, Hey, very nice to meet you. And she's like, Oh, uh, I was like, Yeah. What the fuck? He is, yeah, he's just a sweet guy. He's a very sweet, very, very sweet guy. You know, his, I want to say our, our, my uncle 
and his uncle were like good friends. We had a connect. We had two connections. We are my, I want to say is one of his uncles was a house of representatives. Guy yeah. That was I a actually, politician. Yeah. I actually knew that guy. So I, I went to a final four basketball game with his uncle. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not, but we also knew this girl. We also had a, this girl in front common that we both knew. And that's, I met him. Like I met him like, right when I started stand up. I met him and, uh, God, he was, he was, he's still fucking hilarious. I mean, he kill he was brilliant in just being sincere at Brody's funeral, but he like just the little things he like, do you remember the story he told about, uh, Brody, he had a bachelor party and Brody showed up and Brody wasn't talking to him. He wasn't talking to him at all. And he hadn't said a word the whole fucking weekend. He didn't say a word. And then everyone left. It was just him and Brody and Brody still wasn't talking to him and he's sweeping up after the in the kitchen in North Carolina, they're in North Carolina and Brody's on his phone and Brody just goes, Zach. And he's like, Oh, finally, we're going to say something. He goes, yeah, Brody he goes, boy, George just followed me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. Oh, that never knew what was coming with Brody. Always. They, they should do another documentary on him. I know he did his own. That was kind of like, I would. I could watch another one. They're doing one on Patrice. I, I think that'll be interesting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, they could really take all of Brody's social media and turn that into a documentary with the footage that is, you know, captured. I got a call from him one night. I got a call from because he he would go on. Uh, he would go on what you call it, and he'd be right by my house. So a lot of times, like on a uh, Periscope, a lot of mm-hmm. times he'd go to the Menchies by my house. He's like Bert Kreischer possibly watching might come over and get a Menchie's. And I got a fucking frantic call from him one night. And he was like, I have a list of people I need you to unfollow right now. And I was like, what? And he goes, you need to block them. They're fucking with me, Bert. I was like, Oh, Brody. I was like, what happened? And I guess people were just fucking him. And I was, I think it was right around when he was melting down Well, he had a Mm. few, few stages. And I was like, and then he came to my house the next day and it was like, came over and we were having a barbecue and I, I i remember being i remember my daughter's being like is he okay i was like yeah he's just an intense guy and then he was big reacted like right after that yeah i was with him in the weeks leading up to that one meltdown that that's in the documentary we were in dublin and then montreal together he got sick but he also shaved in montreal and in, in dublin he shaved and you know how he was so obsessed with his face and and, and angles and stuff and he like fucked his beard up and it was all i mean it was all he talked about all weekend was his beard <sighs> and every mirror just looking at it you know doing his oh beautiful he was obsessed that when he was in my house he was upset he was obsessively explaining to my daughters that he had uneven hips or something and his his gait was weird that he he wasn't gay he had a weird gait and his way mm-hmm. he ta- way he walked or something and i remember I was like, Brody, she's like fucking eight. Like, she doesn't know. Like, she really has no idea. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I just thought he was funny. I never really thought it was mental illness. I didn't, you know, like, I just thought, oh, he just marches to the beat. Well, he was so aware. When people are aware of their mental illness, it, it, it softens it, you know, because he's talking about it on stage. He's talking about his meds. He's very open about his feelings, you know, in which is a sophistication that if mental illness is like really getting you that you don't really have, it seems, I, you know, it seems like the times when I've been my most mentally ill, I'm 
have no clue. Oh, I I always have a hint that I'm going off the deep end. I actually feel it coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, hey, if you can spot it beforehand, then you can really ride it out. I can't stop it, but I can spot it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate that feeling of knowing it. It's like, oh, I'm not going to like this. We're not going to like this, Bert. We need to shut this down. (laughs) Nick, this has been a great podcast, but we've done two hours. I can't, I can't, I can't force you to sit anymore. Um, uh, Yeah. uh, Tell everyone about the movie and where they can find it. The right one is on on demand it's on apple amazon it's going to be streaming it's i think it's it's like worldwide it might be in one or two theaters where there's theaters i can't wait for it i'm telling you and mm-hmm. by the way i got to give a shout out to eliza eliza's great in it as well eliza oh, she's so good she's so good i i mean mm-hmm. both of you guys really fucking killed it man i'm it makes me so happy to see you guys literally taking over the box office for comics i mean it's just fucking awesome yeah, she's she was so good in it. She's so funny. I never this seen her act before. Movie. This is legit. Oh, she is, dude. In the trailer, like her, she fucking. I mean, you and her. I got so excited because you and her own that trail. Like your character just looks. It's just like I don't know, man. It's like every every time you want it. If you look for a rom com for a comic to play, you're like, that's the one for Nick. That's perfect. And mm-hmm. and Eliza's fucking scene, scenes that they put in are hilarious. I gotta get her on the podcast to promote the movie, but it looks great. I'm gonna watch it with the girls in the end. Oh, the girls will like it. Yeah, I, I guarantee you. Yeah. Well, well thanks for having me, Bert. Of course, and then uh, enjoy the movie you're doing now, and uh, yeah. I might give you a call privately to talk about some off-the-record stuff, but... Uh, yeah, I'll be but, around. I'm gonna, now I got a car, so I can do anything I want now. Hey, life's... <laughs> Hey, I, I, I can't wait to see your Instagram and see what you're doing, buddy. <laughs> you know that I'm going to be some me driving around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, man. Have fun. Love you too. Stay Thanks stay. for having me. Of course, brother. Good luck All on right. the movie. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.